Hi, this is Rich Buckler. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. That's hot. It is hot. Farted and hit record. Dude, you know that Farted song? Farted or sharted? Dude, dude, it stinks. Dude, if Weird Al Yagovich was to do a modern day thing to, instead of starter from the bottom, <laughs> dude, he should do sharted out my bottom, now it's smeared. <laughs> dude, how awesome would that be? Dude. I'm going to have to leave that in. I don't know what I'm saying, right? You need to, you need to, you need to send that to him. You need to be I'm like, hey, bro. Now we're here. Now we're smeared. Started at the bottom, now it's smeared. Started at the bottom, now it's all smeared. <laughs> See, that's a that's quite a tongue twister, though. I'll fuck it up. I can't even speak normally. I, I had to send Jason a, a, a photo of um, a meme, a meme. Of, uh, a meme. Started, started from the bottom. Meme. meme. Here we meme. go. Started from the bottom, then. Let's go. I got so much shit to talk about. None of you guys even get to speak this week. Good. I'm glad. Um, I have 85 comics to talk about. You have yeah. nothing. I mean, you don't have 85 comics in a year, buddy. Say, you have 85 comics since we started doing this show. Have, he has 8.5 pages to talk about, maybe. Here we go. Let's roll. Three. Talk about bitches. Oh, man. Three, yeah. two, one. Sharted out my bottom now. It's weird. Woo! Yeah, it's pathetic. Do it again. <laughs> that was Chris's contribution tonight, folks. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Clean slate. Clean slate. Go. (laughs) The power is on, ladies and gentlemen. Say cops, oh, it's my boy. Dude, my poor dog, he got groomed today, and uh, every time he gets groomed, like, your groomer tells Beth uh, that, like, he, he gets progressively, like, less cooperative. And after this time, he's just like, how is he? He has people sedated or recanted. Really? She said they had the bug club, and she was like, trying to, like, bite her My wife gets that, like, oh, yeah. It's funny, she doesn't get like that when I groom her. Dude, have at it. <laughs> Go to town. Dude, I get these trimming shears going, dude. It's like, it's like fucking hedge clips. <laughs> Giant it's crabs the size of your head. It's all unkempt until I get a hold of it. <laughs> Wookie nookie. Then it's like it freaking... She got the bandolier on and everything. <laughs> I'm on my way to the center treasure. Oh, stop. <laughs> my Wookie. Missed you guys this week. Good to talk to y'all. No, you didn't, yeah. you big liar. Why don't mean you? I meant the other side of it. Oh, man. <laughs> you just ignore me on the, Skype, on, the, uh, on the Twitter anyway, because I, I'll, I'll send you stuff. You that, are that's never that. on Twitter, dude. That is true. It's not. I was, it's not true. It's not, it's not, it's not even true today. I've decided that Twitter is I've, stupid. You're on Twitter no. like at 4 in the morning, Vince, and then at like 1 in the morning when your kids wake up. I do not like social networking, but the, for some reason, I love the Twitter. I don't know what it is. I remember when we first talked about Twitter, and you were like, I don't get it. I'm not into it, dude. And then I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. Now look at you. That's all I, yeah. Now you make like three or four posts a week, you rebel. I'm an artist, bitch. Look how many I have. I have tons. I think if David and I counted our DMs as posts, we'd have like two awesome. million. <laughs> we would, yeah, we'd be fucking verified. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. What is verified? So you get the little check mark and yeah. the uh like like um means you're who you say you are. Right, yeah, yeah. And how does one go about doing they that? Have to, they, they reach out to you. 
Yeah, you can't you can't request verification. They have to request. They have to like, verify. Like, oh, we think you're Shaquille O'Neal. Do you want to be verified? Yeah, why not? And you know, what's jank? How do they know? I mean, the average person, how would they know? Well, well what is jank is that you. I don't you care know, if like Shaq is verified, but like, there's a lot of dudes I see verified, and I must admit, I'm jealous. <laughs> some of them are a little baffling. Yes, I got many verification. Problems with these people, our shows are like, popular. Some of these other things, I don't get. It's like, it. wait, so hold up. So the dude, Beth, the, am the, I verified? The dude, on, the dude on an HGTV show is verified, but I yeah, like you know, Tanya like, is verified, but we're not. Like what? Who is? <laughs> Who's verified? <laughs> I thought you said. I thought you said Daryl. I was going to start breaking oh, shit. Daryl, oh, Daryl no. isn't verified in his own house. <laughs> Daryl is certifiable. That is true. See, if you said certified, that would have been funny. Yeah. Or, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we are going to have Daryl on hilarious. <laughs> hey, everybody, look around. It's 11 o'clock, comics. Episode, shit, episode 308. Nice. Ten episode. I'm feeling good it today, is. man. It's the penultimate episode of Love and the Cock. I'm Take this shit away from me, will you? It's no. Hey, by the way, fellas. Fellas, I taught, I, taught my, I taught my kids a valuable lesson this past week. I was telling David. You got me fucked up. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh huh. So, as you all know, I, I, uh, I finally secured a uh, copy of Fantastic Four number 52, and yes. I hadn't told the wife about it. Uh-huh. So my kids were like, Dad, have you told Mom about the comic that you bought for all that money? <laughs> and I said, no, nah, I haven't yet. i got to wait for the right time. They're like, what do you mean? And they're like, shouldn't you tell her like right away you're keeping it from her? And I go, without thinking about what I was saying, instinctively I go, guys, what well, Mommy doesn't know won't hurt her. Oh my god, was she in the room when no, you said that? No, no, but I could see my evil, now 11 year old processing that being like, oh, you just, uh, yep. you just, okay. you know, I see, I wouldn't feel bad about that because that's a life lesson. That is, that is very valuable information. My wife though, who's the primary daily caregiver, so I felt Dude, bad about she it. Doesn't, he's, you're right, what she doesn't know to her. Here's you, the thing, you have just changed that lesson. boy's life path. But see, I reinforced it by actually acting upon it. Because I, sure. I didn't tell her the comic has even arrived and it was sitting there and I still hadn't told her. But I knew I had a very small window left to tell her before because she pays the bills so she would see the credit card. So I, what did I do? Bought her a new car. At dinner after after the car, I said, by the way, bought a new comic. Told her, <laughs> went over like a breeze. And That's then amazing. sure enough, I look over and I see my 11-year-old give me a look like, I got you, Dad. I got you. I get it now. Dad, that's how we roll. So in reality, that's a very expensive comic book. It was yes. an expensive comic book prior to the car. But still. <laughs> it's When it comes to, you know, the past the purchases in the past week and a half in, in the Wood household, the comic book is right between the new car and the new kicks for his boy. You're right. The new kicks were not as expensive as the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought a $125 broom. Nice. Is it a, you can a clean like a bath or, with that. Does it get around the refrigerator? Right? You have a son that loves to collect things, and he's about my son's age. Uh, yeah. Does he? Is he into the the fancy sneakers? No. Oh, thank God. Goodness. No. No, he's into the technology. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Appreciate. Um, I I got him a Surface for his birthday. Yeah, next. Oh, neat. Oh, yeah. He's gonna blow up. They're giving those away now, right? 
Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't retail. Let's just put it that way. I was going to say. It was, it was on yeah. the back of the truck. <laughs> it's, it's okay. As, it, he can beat the hell out of it, take it apart as long as he learns from it. Dude, these That's kicks, awesome. I don't even mind, like, I, like, I was never into, like, the, the Jordans and the stuff, but I get it. Like, I get the appeal of it. But what I really struggle with is when you get, like, okay, so my son really wanted a pair of LeBron 11s, which are like the, you know, the hotness. It's his birthday, whatever, fine. We get him the pair of LeBron 11s. Cool. No issue with it at all. But he has friends that it's like fucking Yom TV. It's like cribs, dude. Like, he has a buddy who's 11 years old that has like 70 pairs of sneakers. Get out. That's wrong. That's child abuse. No, no, it's teaching a valuable lesson. They're always going to be other other assholes out there that have more than you do and you can't it's not about keeping oh, up with it's about, yeah, it's about it's about enjoying what you have it's like it's like the original art game that we talked about so there's always going to be someone that's going to have a fucking kirby cover i'm not going to have that and just it's well, that's it. okay it's okay i'm talking about like just as it like Again, you know I'm a consumer. I don't mind consuming. I just as I said, I just bought a ridiculously expensive comic book. But, but my issue is like, there's got to be some logic to it. Like, I can own that comic book forever, right? The kicks, again, you want to get one pair of the kicks because the kids are into it and you're into it and whatever. That's cool. But like, these kids are growing like freaking weeds. Like, Mm -hmm. LeBron 11s that you buy now, they're not going to fit in in six months. Yeah. So, what kid needs 70 pairs of sneakers? Honestly, their parents should be shot. <laughs> and I'm Vince B. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, you are. And uh and I'm Christopher Neesman. Yay! You are. I am David A. Price. Ooh, middle initial this week. Yes. All fancy shit. Uh yes so. you are. And uh and I am Bill Watterson. Oh nope. you well. Gosh. You probably got about as much money as Oh, shit. <laughs> no way. Shit, son. You're not Calvin's daddy. You are Jason Wood, everybody here. Ooh. I don't know how many Bill's got, but he's got to have, what, 30, 40 mil? And just think about how much he could have had if he nabbed all those bastards that were uh, bogarting his cartoons and putting them on the, the backs of trucks and everything. That's That was bullshit. He he made oh, nothing yeah, like off. the pissing on the Chevy sign stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They just don't care. You want? Let me tell you a little story. And I see this. This is quick. This is really quick. I see this kind of stuff all the time. People don't care about art. They just don't. We have these these uh, people who do lectures for us, and they record them. Uh, and th- like they'll they'll do motion capture on the computer. Blah blah blah. Camtasia. What, 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 yes. Is yes. Okay. All right. It's horrible. But anyway, they will think nothing of going to a stock photo website, grabbing the thumbnail images, and sticking them in their PowerPoints. Like, that's stealing. Mm-hmm. They got the damn watermark on the image in their PowerPoints, in their videos. They don't care. It's like, it's nothing. Think a company to like yours would allow that, though, like, because you're company- well, We don't. We don't. But when, I mean, it's going to come back and bite this person on the okay. ass that she's got to record, you know, five hours of video over again i'm not telling anybody it ain't my place i just edit yeah. the damn thing well you know with football guys we we pay a lot of money dude to have access to like pictures of the That's players it. and stuff it's it's expensive sure. and yeah. seriously we have multiple stock photo accounts if she wanted the images she could have just reached out to me would have got them yeah, like her. getty right you probably use getty and some of the other like just big stock yeah. oh big stock yeah, yeah. yeah cheap you can get like a hundred downloads a day for like 600 bucks a That's month it's not bad yeah but anyway, hey, yeah, and no, and you don't have to steal stock photos to get 
cheap comic books. Gosh, <laughs> you don't. All you got to do is fire up your internet browsing device and head it on over to dcbservice.com, dcbservice.com, where you can get silly prices on your favorite funny books. Very silly. Favorite funny books and collectibles. 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials, such as from Oni, it's the Bunker Trade Paperback Volume 1. Joshua Hale Fialkov wrote it. Joe Infernari drew it. You're going to read it because the cover price is $19.99, but that's not what you're going to pay at DCBService.com. You are a half of that, $9.99. From Dark Horse, Dragon Girl Monkey King, The Art of Katsuya Terada. It's a hardcover. It's thick. It's gorgeous. It's $40, but that's not what you're going to pay. You're going to for half of that. That's unheard of, $20, actually $19.99. And last but certainly not least from our very good friend, Anthony Johnson. <laughs> you are Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Johnson. Anthony. I just made Anthony. I just made Kelly very happy. Anthony Johnson and drawn by oh, Christopher Mitten, who returned to Wasteland with today's issue, right? I believe. Sure. I, would, I wouldn't know. Oh, well. Um, it's Umbral from Image, the trade paperback volume one called Out of the Shadows, collects the first, I think, five issues? Six issues. Mm-hmm. Cover price, ridiculously low at nine ninety nine. Your price, $4.99. You're crazy if you do not go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. They do not mind late orders or order editions, and you'll get your previews for what it's worth, $1.12. Yes, sir. Go there. Yes, sir. Mm. We love them. Mm-hmm. But if they sucked and and tried to give us money to sponsor the show, we wouldn't take it. Yo, there are two major priced items that I'm debating getting this month, Vince. I want to see if you're in. Are you? Uh, what do you think of that Feldstein hardcover? I couldn't swing it. I wanted, I wanted it, but it I too. It. Yeah. And then they have the Mignola Hellboy Artist Edition too. Mm. Now, I know that isn't that just. Um, don't get a, wrong. A recent work or something. I mean, I know, yeah, it's it's Mignola and and what are the chances of someone getting a collection like that? But isn't it's not like the 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 early stuff, right? Oh, I no, it's Hellboy in Hell, right? Yeah, I'd rather have some of the early stuff. That's what I was thinking. But yeah. in terms of the artwork, I love Mignola. I don't think it's going to matter seeing Mignola's stuff. Uh, same size. And that's, it's, it's, so, it's so strong and the line, the, it's so dark and the shadow, it's not. I gotta be honest really with you, good. Dap just talked me out of it. I didn't, I did not notice that it was Hellboy in Hell. I assumed no, it was I like mean, the maybe first, it's consecutive, but. No, you better, it is, but you're yeah, right, but, but I thought it was, no. I assumed it was like the first arc. I think it's because right. his earlier stuff is already like sold and, and trying nah, to. Nah, you're right, it is, it's, uh, it's Hellboy in Hell. Okay. All and, right, so. you, and it says, and several standalone Hellboy stories, whatever that means, but. I'm no, out. Don't, no, 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 see, I, don't undersell Hellboy no, in Hell. No, no, it's, no, no, no. And, but I, oh, and I, no, I, but I to David's point, it, it just came out. Yeah. True. And and I think as 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 great it would as, 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 as neat as it would be to have you know Mignola in in actual life size original art style pages. For me, when I think about the reasons to own an artist edition, I don't know how much reworking or editor's notes there'd be in the margins in a Hellboy book compared to 
the the Ramita or the Gilcane Spidey. Artist. Right. That, right. That's I, I like the history aspect of the artist editions, and and I love Mignola, but to me that that's just a little bit too new for me to consider. I need that on my shelf. Right. There there are many artists whose work is very powerful at any size. And I think Mignola's one of those guys. Kirby's another one of those guys. Like, you can show me a billboard Kirby art. It still has the punch that a business size Kirby art has. It'd be just because, I mean, the, the, the dynamic is built right into it. You give me an artist edition of Art Adams, and I probably w- wouldn't be able to resist it. Oh, yeah. Because super fine detail. Uh, I want to see that stuff. Especially if it was the uh, the annuals, the new mutant annuals. And, oh. oh. The Johnny Future stuff. Mm. Original size. The one with the treehouse, where she's walking across the bridge, and then she gets all nasty with the plants, the vagina plants. Remember that one? Where she falls asleep in the plants, mm. and she's... Oh, I want to see. That. See, I mean, I'd be all over Monkey Man and O'Brien, but if you came at me with like Gumby, I don't know. I don't no, know I if I'd buy Gumby. That wouldn't be right. my thing. Yeah, it's too early. Too early. By the way, dude, Art Adams is going to be at Heroes Con. Ooh. Oh, nice. So will we. So will we. Play Who's we, world? bitch? All of us. Okay. Those of us. When those is, of us that aren't going across the fucking other side of the world. Mm-hmm. When? When is it that you said it's in June. July or June? The third weekend June. in June. I'm, I may be able to go. I got a room reserved. Dap and I ready to do this. My nipple got, got, talk to Rico Renzi. The press passes have been acquired. Look at you. All we, the, the four of you are on the queue. If it, the other two of you lazy bones that haven't committed yet, it's all set up. All you got to do is say, I want a press pass. We got it all arranged. I got to fly. Can I drive? Um, no. Us, well, you could, well, you could drive with David and Renee. Hang out with David's dad for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm Maybe flying this time. I'm going to fly this time, but but either, Can you imagine either my way. Son? Well, the Ooh. eleven o'clock uh, comics party is going to be at uh, C2E2. Uh, I'm just sorry. I must that you guys say, as I that. said this week on Twitter, I, party of one. I was totally uh, the, the only party that matters. <laughs> well, totally fine with skipping it this year, but then I have to say, like seeing the 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 seeing the announcements of who's going to be that, like with the artists and stuff, and then. Hearing about you getting your Stringer stuff, and then seeing Andy Tom talking about his Stringer stuff. I believe stuff. that. I'll believe yeah, that I, I gotta, I gotta holler at Stringer and get that, yeah. get that set up. I hollered at Stringer this it's, week it's, just to hear from him. How you doing, Brian? I hope you're, hope you're doing well, buddy. Yeah, we haven't heard from him in a while. I hope. It's gonna be the Wednesday before the the convention. Chris gonna be like, yeah, I still gotta get in touch with Stringer. It's like, nah, dude, just no. Just, I got it. I got it all planned out. I know where it's going. I got the design ready. I've done all the prep. Which work. ass cheek is it going on? Uh huh. No, it's a it's tram stamp. It's a tram stamp. No, it's a big it's arrow a broom point. going right yeah. down the crack. No, so what? So what? So what? So what do you? What do you guys think? I'm getting. Uh, uh, Darwin Cook, uh, New Frontier Justice League. No, 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 no. Georgia. <laughs> no three-legged pitbulls. No, I'm thinking. Burns Dark Phoenix. Um. No, I would think. Chris would be more inclined to get a Mignola. Is it actually, is it, is it comics related? No. I didn't think. So. Oh, I, it's a boom. You get a damn boom. No. It has to do with no, and it's not, it it's not curling related. What about liquor? No. Uh, Cardinals? Uh, Marta. No. Huh, uh. I guess, why don't you just tell us? What is it? Camera. Western way. No, it's, it's very, it's, 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 um, Kind of my style of of graphic design. It's very uh, very simple but very impactful. 
Um, something that's very close to my heart. Something that, uh. Bourbon. A pacemaker. Hmm? A pacemaker. Bourbon. No. A hat. You're not getting a hat, are you? No. Are you getting a hat? No, I'm not getting a hat. Bottom <laughs> bourbon. No, I'm getting, um, uh, a, a dual band on my forearm with four red stars. A dual band? A, 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 dual, a dual, um, blue band with four red stars. Alright, break it down for us. What's the Are the stars for Chicago? It's the, yeah, oh, it's Merck. No, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, uh, Chicago flag. Yep. It's CM oh, it's Trump. Signifying your red stater. <laughs> yes. Shut, you should have shut that shit right down. <laughs> That's exactly it, Jason. You made a choke. Look what you did. America. America. All right, Christopher, do your thing. Oh. We got lots of comics to talk about. Yeah, yeah, right? 95, you said. In, uh, I, I, I think he has one book from 1985. Who, me? Yeah, you said you had 85. I think it's just one book from 1985. That's what you're talking about. That was about. a good year. That was an awesome year. Yeah. No, not, no, it, not as good as 86. Um, but I am, I am drinking, uh, America's official spirit as decreed by the greatest liberal president of the last 60 years. Kennedy? He's dead. He's dead. No, LPK. He no, he's not coming back. <laughs> I got in this discussion, um, of, of who is, uh, who is the most liberal president of the last, of the last 60 years? The most liberal? Outside of Obama, you mean, or? Oh, this guy, this guy, this guy out, out shoots Obama by so far it's not even funny. As far as was it Carter? No, not even close. I met Carter, by the way. JFK? No. God, no. I don't know. I I mean, we haven't had that many. I mean, unless you're going to say Clinton, but. Mm -mm. Nope. Oh, W. My my W. My 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 boy. You want you want uh, <laughs> you want to look at the record and the most liberal president in 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 the you know from the the last half century forward without a doubt without a doubt it was LBJ. I don't like that man. That's okay. Ne- but, never but, never met him. No, never met yes. him. But every time I see footage of him. Mm-hmm. Circa the terrible incident, that man has something in his eyes. I just don't trust him. Oh yeah, I mean he was from Texas, but um, no, incredibly liberal, incredibly liberal. You look at what he did in his administration, and it is it is amazing. And and people now with the twenty four hour news cycle ridiculousness would say that Obama is the most liberal president. Not even close. Also, an eleven o'clock C-SPAN. Yeah, not even close to LBJ. So, anyway, but one of the things that LBJ did um, that I'm incredibly fond of is that he decreed that bourbon was the official American spirit. Ah, and Mer- I'm, and I'm, I'm drinking some uh, some Jim Beam straight tonight. So <laughs> that uh, sounds good. I want a T-shirt that says America. America. You know what? You'll get I think you get it when you go to a Larry Cable Guy stand-up show. Yeah. Never do that ever, ever. Uh, David, that was good. That was yeah. good. The, the RNC sells them. Dude, speaking of uh, stand-up, though, I just uh, watched uh, the Ke- the latest Kevin Hart stand-up. Oh. Yeah, you got to watch that shit. It is freaking redonk, dude. Okay. I was guffawing. Guffawing. Okay. Well. Lols. You know, I was watching, I was, I was watching um, 
a daily show tonight and they had uh it was a replay of the Seth uh of the uh episode with Seth McFar Seth McFarlane on. And Jason, you had mentioned that how much you do not like him. Like he kinda makes you Yeah, you I'd know, like to punch him in the taint. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what? I think he's alright. I don't have a problem <laughs> of course with you do. I don't have a problem with it. You know? He's uh, <laughs> he's okay. He's he's a, dude, he's a geek. He's he's a total geek. And a douche, care. but yeah, I, well, a total geek. He's one of us, Jason. No, he is not. <laughs> yes, yes. No, he is not. <laughs> How can now, you say that he's? Not I gotta about? put this in the show notes now. How is a lot of reasons? Well, number one, he's not funny. We are. <laughs> number two, <laughs> totally he's, not funny. He's a douche. Number three, wears skinny jeans. Jason, we are unfunny douches. Do you understand this? I don't know about that. I never. I don't know about that. I'm not rubber stamping that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say speak for yourself, homie, because I don't know about we. <laughs> hilarious. He's pretty smart. <laughs> Jason, I'm, he's got a lot of charisma. He's uh, a total geek. It's like Morris Day. I'm hilarious. Ted makes me want to. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think Seth MacFarlane would be a lot cooler if Ted didn't exist. I think you're right. I like ignored Family Guy, like it was there, but it wasn't my thing. But I'm like, that's cool, whatever. He's making his money, good for him. Then I heard every person on the earth seemingly tell me how Ted was ridiculously funny. <laughs> then I watched it, and then I realized that society is doomed. <laughs> that's because if that movie is universally loved and thought to be hysterical, then we really are yeah. a society without any hope. Yeah, it's, yeah. Planet. What, what we haven't put out a fucking turd or two. <laughs> In the 300 and however many fucking episodes we've Again, we're not, we're not getting we, I, would choose, to do this. I would choose your possessives well, cause With we haven't put out a turd. I mean, if you want to that's say you right. have, that's up to you. Yeah, yeah. I can. It's all about the collective. I can think like I, I can think the 7 o'clock time you like. Sure oh good, now that. we can have, now we can have the people in the episode thread going, well I don't think this episode was all that hot. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Why do we need to defend Seth MacFarlane? He's worth about eight hundred million dollars. I think he can defend no himself. No shit. Good for him. But Jeez, buddy, what are you drinking? He's a total uh, nerd. He was he was he was talking about how he read the Back to the Future novel. You know, nerds do that shit. Well, now that we've heard from the president of the Seth MacFarlane fan club, I was going to say, who let's break it down. Let's let's talk for a second about nerd unity. Uh-huh. That's ridiculous. There's like, no such thing as nerd exactly, unity. Because all, all we like, love to do is tear people apart. No, it's not even that. Like I don't like that. Like first of all, the idea of who, like being a nerd or one of us now is like it's like being a nerd is so mainstream that I don't even know what that means anymore. Second of all, as much as I love comic cons and I love y'all and I love our listeners, like I gotta be honest, like eighty percent of the people at a con, I don't think I would really vibe with. So oh. I don't really have like nerd unity. Like yeah. I got me, I got my peoples. I don't have nerd unity. So yeah. McFarlane can go fuck himself. No. <laughs> I like you, you are a pretty funny guy. Seth MacFarlane, fact, I would say Cosmos. Fuck. No, Cosmos has redeemed him in my eye. Okay. So, Although, first episode. In your eye. <laughs> the first episode of Cosmos felt a little bit like I was at a 1980 uh, sort of uh, planetarium show. That's okay. Those, those, they have their, their, their pluses. David, what are you drinking? You should trip in a planetarium. That shit like crazy. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm serious. Uh, I'm trying something different tonight. Not that I've, did, not that I've, I've done that. And no. this will, and, no. and, and this is going to, um, this will probably make Vince chuckle. Okay. Um, because it's, it's, 
it's rusty no knob. it's well it's it's close to <laughs> what you know Jesus. knob creek but actually <laughs> it's um it's george dickle <laughs> oh i love george dickle Twenty sour mash whiskey number yeah that's Stop. whiskey mash. it is it yeah. is good shit it's, it's not perfect i'm trying it it's this tennessee sour mash whiskey yes i must say david is all grown up when it comes to the alcohol lately so well let's let's uh what's the difference between sour mash whiskey and like bourbon like what's the oh, now, now you did okay so i'm cracking my knuckles here um it's pretty easy uh bourbon has to be 51 percent corn okay it has to be aged in a new charred oak barrel okay so it can't be a, a reused barrel it has to be a virgin charred oak barrel um and this is where things get a little sketchy. I always thought it had, I always thought it had to be for a minimum of two years. Now some of the artisan distilleries are getting away with this because they're using smaller barrels, which kind of age or it speeds up the aging process. I'm not for sure about the, you know, technical legalities of that to, to be able to call it bourbon, but that's it. It has to be, it has to be 51% corn and in a, uh, in a new charred oak barrel and then it can be called bourbon. So, when you look at um, uh, whiskeys that aren't like a, a Tennessee sour mash, like uh, Jack Daniels, is not bourbon because it is filtered through charred maple, which is an extra step that you can't do with bourbon. Oh, yeah, because, okay. So this says this says uh, the number eight uh, is aged to perfection in charred white oat oak casks. Mm-hmm. Creating our signature balance of flavors, featuring aromas of aged oak and caramel, leading to a smoky finish with hints of maple and buttered corn. Yeah. Huh. So the reason they wouldn't call that bourbon is either A, they don't want to, B, it's not 51% corn, 51% plus corn as the major ingredient, or the barrels that they're using aren't um, uh, reused. They may reuse their barrels. So. So there you go. There's your there's your whiskey lesson for tonight. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Comics. That's as that's as interesting. No, we didn't hear from oh yeah, Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking uh, to- Tosca, uh, which is a uh, Chianti, and uh, the yeah. fava be- the fava beans are on the stove. Mm. Actually, I sent. Jason All right, who didn't get that reference? Oh, who wouldn't get that reference? You know, I hear that. I hear that that is a damn good TV show, but it's really fucking dark. Oh, oh, Hannibal! Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Really good. Mm. Sal is a huge fan of it. Ah, can't be good. Good cast. Um, Actually, I I don't know if I I haven't tried the wine that I sent the picture of to Jason last week, and I don't know if if his place would carry it, but I'm dying to try it. Uh, Well. I do have the picture, but we haven't gone to our wine place since then. So, ah, okay. But I will take a gander for sure when we get there. Sweet. Okay. okay. Comics. Comic books are the subject. Oh, shit, yeah. Go. I got some shit for y'all. What is that? What are they, I should say? You want me to start? Yeah, why not? All right. I'm going to take you on the Wayback Machine. Oh, snap. Wait, let me get my belt on. Yeah. Go ahead. And the belt bottom. The year was 1988. Mm. I was a freshman in high school. Woodrow was 14 years old. Mm. Newly pubescent. Thank you for that. Yes, sir. Very awkward, as you can see in my throwback Thursday pictures on Facebook. And uh, 
a certain a certain guy by the name of Chris Claremont had pretty much blown all of our minds over the last few years by establishing a world of mutants. Uh, the last time they were good, Homo it's sapiens quite, superior and all that. It's quite poetic. Yes, sir. Um, a lot of crazy stuff went down. A lot of mutants were theoretically killed, and uh, a few of the ah. a few of the classics needed to find a new place to to to, to hang their hat. So they hopped across the pond. Excalibur. And they fucking set up shop in a tower owned by a Marvel UK character made famous by Alan Moore and Alan Davis. Nice. Lovingly recreated in this comic by the same one Alan Davis written by Mr. Clark Claremont. As Vince just said, Excalibur. Yes. That's some good shit. Yeah. One of the, one of the all-time greatest Marvel series. Yes. I don't care who. Oh, yes. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean this oh, is, oh, definitely. It's definitely. right, maybe Stop. right above Fantastic Four. Okay. No, I, that, that's not even funny. <laughs> I, I, it's actually really kind of funny. Looking, looking back, <laughs> I, I think, um, Excalibur in totality rivals Uncanny as far as oh, greatness that, in some just spots. talking crazy now. No, 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 no. Was, I'm serious. It was really, it's right up there with Alpha Flight. Well, all right. So, so no, it's better than Alpha Flight. So here's the thing. So, so you know, we are. It's it's in Power Man and Iron Fist. It's in human nature to be nostalgic, and um, you know, Marvel has done. I have to say, to their credit, a great job at uh, you know doing a lot of archival stuff mm-hmm. and uh, putting out a ton of great omnibu. Um, and and I was thinking about how one of the huge omissions thus far of their omnibu collection has been Excalibur. Um, I would actually, I would actually be interested in that. Yeah, definitely. So, I uh, I went and pulled out the uh, the issues, and I ended up pulling out the first twenty five issues. Nice. And the the reason for that was because issue twenty five is the end of the cross time caper, mm. ran for about a little more than a year actually of the the second year of the series, and uh, and issue twenty four also happened to be the last issue that Alan Davis was on until he. Came. He would then come back later on and, and write and draw the book, but but his first run ended on twenty four, and then Claremont left, I think, with issue thirty one. Um, now, of those first twenty five issues, all right. So he didn't draw twenty. How many? I'm I'm thinking less than five. Alan Davis drew. Like like he drew more than he he, he drew at least eighteen issues. Oh, you mean of the first twenty five? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Because I know James uh, can, Fry did it one, because I have that one. Can you, can you, yeah, I was going to say without looking, can you name the first replacement artist? Oh, I can, I can name it. Give me a second. Oh, no, without, without cheating, looking. Dude. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm looking. I'm totally looking. It's Ron Lim. Yep. Yes. But uh, it's not, it's, 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 it's young, not so hot Ron Lim. Oh, I don't know about that. Jason, in order to help you out, I went and got my Excalibur Omnibu. Oh, you're bound, you're bound issues to me. Uh, yeah, I got the, I got the whole run bounce. Nice. So, yeah, so Excalibur, you know, and, and this is the thing. I mean, you always wonder, like, will things hold up or whatever? You know, we have waxed, we, we've waxed lovingly about, you know, this series and, and Alpha Flight and the like. Um, and I have to say, you know, as you guys know, and we've said on the show many times, Alan Davis is one of my all-time favorite pencilers. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, I just had this hankering to revisit it. I think brought on by the fact that, you know, I bought, um, a couple weeks ago, I bought the uh, uh, the fir- which was then the the second ever appearance of Captain Britain, but the, the first appearance of Arcade, 
And and that that whole backstory actually is referenced in the first arc of of Excalibur, where they battle Arcade uh, and the Crazy Gang. Um, well, then that's not the first arc, but it's the in the first like ten issues. Um, but but anyway, th- this is basically takes place shortly after the Mutant Massacre, and Kitty and Kurt Nightcrawler um, go over to England, and they set up shop with Captain Britain and his live-in lover Megan. Uh, as well, um, as Rachel Summers, the future flung daughter of, uh, you know, the, the now Phoenix, you know, the, the, the new Phoenix at the time. Um, and they, they set up shop and, um, it, it was great. Like one, one of the things I'll say about it right off the bat is that, you know, Claremont, I think now we kind of, um, although we speak lovingly about him in terms of his significance, he's often the, uh, the, the, the butt of jokes when it comes to being, um, overly wordy. When he writes, <laughs> well, well for, for just reasons, oh, no, no, exactly. of, of a time, yeah, for just reasons. But I will say this: I don't know if he made a concerted effort or not, but the his run on Excalibur is not overly verbose, and I think as a result, it actually holds up better than some of his other stuff. Upon rereading, um, the one thing you is know, any you, of that stuff in the Captain Britain omnibus, I'm looking. Uh, I don't think no, so. I, don't I think know. So. Some of it is in the Inferno omnibus because, mm-hmm. like the the first like there's three issues that like cross over with Inferno, but um okay no but it's not. but it's a you know it's a it's a wacky series I mean it's 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 a much funnier series than 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 the other stuff that was coming out at the time you know I mean it was it's very much a humor book um uh and and Alan Davis is great at at that you know the 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 exaggerated facial expressions and the body language and the the the, the 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 sort of the slapstick physical comedy, um, but this is a, a book that that is absolutely wackadoo. It is whack a fucking do, dude. This stuff happens. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people have have. I mean, there's crazy crazy shit that happens. The first few issues sur- sur- uh, surround the issue of the uh, the war wolves, which are these metallic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, by uh, you know quadrupedal. Uh, creatures that have like, um, you know, like pointy, almost hawk-like beaky faces, but they're, they're like, they're almost like the three stooges. They, they, they joke around, they drink beer. Um, but they also happen to be able to, uh, consume the, the inner parts of human beings and then wear the flesh, wear the skins as, as suits, as cost, as, as a way to conceal themselves. And they're sent from the mojo verse to try and bring Rachel back. Um, and, then we go from there to um, a kind of a, a little two-issue aside where we're Juggernaut uh, battles Captain Britain, and we're, we're introduced to that whole thing. Then we get uh, the Inferno crossover, and that's where it gets fucking insano. Like they 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 end up getting caught up in the Inferno um, you know event, and during that time, let's see, uh, Phoenix gets absorbed into the Empire State Building. Um, Megan becomes the Goblin Queen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hot. So hot. Ryan, uh, uh, Captain Britain becomes at first he becomes a Rambo parody, um, and and is trying to kill Kitty in this strange world. Then that doesn't work. So then he gets morphed into a Freddy Krueger parody, and again is trying to kill her. Um, he also is losing his powers and is seen running. Like nude and gets arrested for indecency in New York City. Um, 
there's this strange like little moment in one of the issues where he's flying through New York City and clear as day is Clark Kent and Lois looking up in the sky. Yeah. Who's that who's who's that up in the air up in the sky? And then Lois is like, Oh, that like that's what we need is another, you know, hyperbolic steroidal, you know, uh, overinflated, you know, hero flying around or you know, or dude flying around. Um it's just wacky, dude. It's like it's totally off the wall insane. And the one thing Claremont I think doesn't like as we talk about Claremont now, I think people always give him credit for X Men and what a significant book that was. But I think that not enough people give Claremont credit for what he did for comics writing in general by introducing, you know, that A, B, and C act arc, you know what I mean? Um, which is now like commonplace. But he was the first one really to do that in comics, which was that you have a main plot, you have a B plot, and then you have a C plot, and the mm-hmm. C plot is kind of way in the background, little hints of it, and then and then over time, you know, the C becomes the B, B becomes A, so forth. And he does that brilliantly in Excalibur, because like in the first issue or two we're introduced to Widget. You know, who, for those that don't know, Widget is this little metallic, he basically looks like a metal head with big buggy eyes, and he's, um, he's uh, a simplistic, you know, creature from another universe, and he consumes tons and tons of mass, and he can use that to then create portals to other dimensions. But we're introduced to Widget in like the first pages of, of one of the first issues, uh, in the context of he's trying to protect a mute, a little mutant, like, like teen, like teenage boy. Uh, who named Colin and um and Colin disappears gets captured and he's like on this search for Colin and just every couple issues widget will appear or one of widget's like teleportation arcs will be present and uh and then eventually widget becomes a main part of the of the book becomes a member of the group he's he's their teleporter he's the way he leads them on the the aforementioned cross time caper but for like the first 12 issues he's just this little background character with seemingly no ties to Excalibur at all. And I just think, like, Claremont doesn't get credit for being an actually fairly, a really talented and structured writer. Like, I think we, we've gone too far with the, like, criticizing of the, the dialogue, cause it did get a little crazy. But, but I think, like, we forget it's of a, that. It's, it's of a time. It's, and that's... Well, it is, but, but I mean, my point is, is that structure idea, though, still yeah. exists to this day. You know what I mean? Like, I think we don't give him the credit for, like the everlasting changes he's brought to to comic book writing, you know what I mean? Do you not um, think so? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, again, I feel like people give Claremont reverence, but they always number one, it's always tongue in cheek, and number two, it's always referential because of his work basically creating and defining the X Men. Yeah, like, you know, I, I I I'll probably agree with you that um, that Byrne probably gets more of the. Mm-hmm. The A plus treatment than Claremont, even yeah. though Claremont was there for much more of it than Byrne was. Sure. Um, you know, Byrne was there for, you know, kind of the, the, the artistic renaissance of the X-Men. And yeah, yeah. even though, you know, I was talking with Sal about this today that, that Cockrum doesn't get his due as Very much true. as. Yeah, I would agree um, with that too. Um, David's but, favorite, uh, second favorite, uh, Cyclops of all time. Second favorite? Um, after, after, uh, Paul Smith, but no, I, Claremont was a fucking giant, you know, the, the, probably the, honestly, probably we wouldn't be here talking about this bullshit if it wasn't for Chris Claremont, you know, the, he brought the, he brought the soap opera to comics. Definitely. That's the thing. And, and, and these characters are fucked up. I mean, they're, sure. they're, they're, their personal lives are fucked up. So, so first of all, Captain, who the hell is typing? Vince it. I, I was God, just for a second. Stop it. Dude, Captain Britain is a total unabashed dick. 
yep. in this series. I mean, mm-hmm. a total, like, type one asshole. He's, he's self-consumed. He, he's got a gorgeous, sexual, vivacious woman that dotes on him and he could give two shits. Um, he's jealous. He's, he's violent. He, he's just an asshole. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting because. How very British of him. What's that? How very British. Very British. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying but, to I mean, piss he, he's not, but again, he's not portrayed that way. <laughs> you know, like that's not, that, that, that was a, you know, Claire, that was sort of Claremont's spin on it. I mean, he was always sort of a little bit brutish and alpha male, as many char- lead characters are, but, but, you know, he really is a, an, an asshole in this. And he, he, Megan is, is just this complete train wreck of a character and so brilliantly portrayed because again, for those that don't know the series, and I know Megan hasn't been much of a recurring character since, she's, um, she's a, a shapeshifter, but she's, She's, um, you know, an empath. So, so her, her, her looks often adapt. She's touching. Yeah, but she, she adapts to look like the people she's around. And, and mm-hmm. she, and, 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 you know, and she also becomes, she feeds off their emotions. And, and, and if they're attracted to her, she becomes attracted to them. And, and that's a, a problem throughout the book in, in the sense that, you know, you've got Kurt, who's, you know, ever the gentleman. And he's, you know, it's, it, it's hard not to be attracted to Megan. And Megan spends a lot of time with Kurt. Because he's nice and, and and dotes on her and 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 you know pretty much is trapped in friendland, but you know she starts turning into this you know blue skinned you know elfish looking creature and 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 there's a lot of sexual tension there and then he's freaking out because he's worried that Captain Britain's gonna you know beat his ass and and actually in the 25 issue run that I reread that nothing happens of that but but actually in the later issues. Kevin does beat his ass and breaks his leg and stuff over it. But, but, um, you know, and then like she, they're in New York and, and she, you know, is, is sad about something and then she meets up with a bunch of, of women and she sort of takes on the shape of, of, of another one of the women who's like a, like, got, like she's a black woman. She's got short hair. She kind of looks like her. And then, and then she meets a, you know, like a, a young Asian guy and she takes on that look and, and, and they, they, they get flirtatious and she's just this fascinating character that's sort of like a microcosm of like the insecure hot chick, you know, like, like she, she's, she's so concerned about pleasing her lover that she doesn't really know who she is, you know? Um, and, and then you got Kurt, who's like probably the most normal in the book, I would say. Um, you know, yeah. he's like, he's almost like the, uh, the, the straight man in this, in this bunch. Um, Kitty is all fucked up because coming right, right before this book started is all this stuff happens with the X-Men, which prompts her to leave. And she feels like she was responsible for Ileana getting killed. And, um, and, uh, you know, a, a bunch of the other X-Men she thinks have died. And so she's all, all fucked up and her powers are kind of on the fritz a little bit. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you one question. Yeah. I just want to see where you're coming from as far as this series goes. Yeah. Best issue in the entire run. Which one? Oh, I don't. I've only read the first three or the first twenty-five I, issues. It, it's in the first twenty-five. Um, I I could say without question. Let me tell you. Just oh, yeah. tell you, issue sixteen is the best issue in the entire Excalibur run. I, I think it. I think sixteen's a masterpiece. It's the uh, Burroughs. Um, uh, Nightcrawler issue where they do the job. It's just perfect. There, and it, it showcases just how adept, uh, Alan Davis was at not only like the superheroes and the fantasy, but yeah, like humor the, the as well. Lord of Mars cover you talking about. That. Yeah, it's, yeah. that issue is just, yeah. it's flawless. There's, from the cover to the inside, just the, the, the action, just this, I mean, what better 
genre to pair with Kurt than um, the Burroughs John Carter. Definitely, style. definitely. It's just perfect. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you. No, I mean, and um, and, and I would say too, the cool thing about the series is that like the the uh, the 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 villain characters and, and everybody that's very, you know, they're, they're, they're creative, you know, um, like the tech net is, is, is cool. Like, like oh, yeah. the thing that's cool about Davis is th- everybody didn't look like one body type. You know, there wasn't a bunch of Superman looking males and, and then like, you know, supermodel looking females, like, like characters were all different crazy shapes and the villains were misshapen and, there were wild and crazy aliens and just, and that's one of the things I've always loved about Alan Davis is, is not just what? his story, storytelling, but his, his character models have always been just, just wild and crazy. And, and yep. one, one of the things that was cool about Excalibur is that it was, um, kind of a, a it, it, it flipped things around when we were starting to get used to British artists and writers coming to America and writing American comics that it flipped things around because they took for the most part American characters and moved them to England plus Captain America and so it was it was this it, it was this neat little juxtaposition of what had been going on in comics for the last few years which was the 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 kind of English invasion of comics, which yeah. we had experienced with Alan Moore and, you know, in, you know, Alan Davis and is Alan Davis British? Alan Davis? Very yeah. much so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, me an idiot. Um, but it was, it was, I, I kind of think, you know, them kind of taking our characters that they had incorporated in their comics and, and pulling them, you know, over to, you know, over to, uh, the GVR and, and kind of taking them as, as their own and us, you know, kind of having this exotic ride that we hadn't, that we hadn't had with these, with these characters before. And, um, you know, I just, I, I think that relationship of, of the American and, and British creators had been, um, had been, you know, coming to, to a head for a while. And, and Excalibur was this, you know, kind of like artistic expression of that, which was, yeah, which was I pretty think, cool. I think the first, definitely the first year, but like the first two years of Excalibur is very close to 2000 AD in feel. Sure. Yeah. I got yeah. you. I got you. It's, it's, uh, well, I mean, Alan Davis, come on, there you go. Right. But just, just the, the off kilter, wacky hijinks in it. I mean, you, that's the one thing about Excalibur. You can never tell what Claremont was going to throw at you. Right. It just, it just has that very sarcastic, comedic oh, 2008 it was, edge. It was very much a precursor of what we would see in the next couple of years with, you know, with Grant Morrison and then after oh, that, definitely. you know, Ellis and, yeah. and, Definitely. And Miller and all that. Excalibur was the precursor to all of that stuff for, you know, for like mainstream comics. I mean, I can't you know, believe they got away with the Lightning Squad, dude, because like, uh, I mean, this was the late eighties. This wasn't like, this was for, again, for those who don't know, like part of the whole conceit, the cross time caper, which lasted about 14 issues of this run, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically like their universe hopping and, uh, you know, not dissimilar to what you might see in like exiles or, uh, for, uh, um, you know, that kind of thing. But, but like, but this was, you know, they were like parallel universes that were strikingly similar to our own. And, um, and in one of them, um, the, the, the basically 
uh, Nazi Germany that Hitler wins. He, he's so, so that, you know, the heroes are, are Nazis and the like. But it's crazy. Like, I mean, um, like they're, you know, Captain Britain and Megan and Nightcrawler are, are, are Nazi analogs with, but, but then Kitty, the, the, the Kitty from this universe is, she's, cause, you know, Kitty Pride is Jewish in this, in the, in comics. She's a, she's a Holocaust victim. She's a dead, in this series, she is the dead, she's the ghost of a, like a bald concentration camp killed Kitty Pride in this yep. series. Like, wow. And yeah. like, I, I can't fathom that they got away with that. Like, I, like, it shows you how much creative license and like basically autonomy Claremont must have had coming off of, you know, the X-Men run. Yeah. Like, like, well, they, he was kind and, of, and this, yeah. the swastika is everywhere. Oh, everywhere. They're absolutely <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's nutty. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, again, it, it probably when I was reading it at the time, it seemed a little odd, but, but rereading it like in 2014, it's like, it just yep. kind of screams at you like, wow, I mean, you would, they would never ever, you would, Marvel it would never allow this kind of villain team to exist now. Like it would. Da- David, drawn, drawn by the late Marshall Rogers too. True. The, 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 these issues were drawn by Marshall Rogers. Ah. And, and they weren't very strong to be honest. Or, uh, visually, I don't think. What was Austin on it with him? I don't remember. Uh, no, it was um, probably not. It was Rubenstein. Ah, he's a hack, that guy. Hey, <laughs> no, it was Austin. No, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm. Th- uh... Yeah, issue ten is Marshall Rogers and Terry Austin. Wow. Oh, is Rubenstein? Yep. Does he ink uh, the Ron Lim issue? Oh, probably. Cause that's they, did, they, did they work together around Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry. Issue number yeah. eight was Ron Lemon and Rubenstein. Okay, my yeah. bad. You know, one of the things I loved about uh, Excalibur is that that's when Rachel was a really important character. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, she was an important character. And boy, they just kind of let her fade away. No, you got to read the, the current stuff. Yeah, the, the current Oops. X-Men. Kitty's as important as she ever was now. No, Rachel. Rachel. No, you're saying Rachel. Oh, why, do, why did I say Kitty? Sorry. Oh, did you, because you weren't listening <laughs> to me. No, I was looking you at Marshall Rogers and Terry Austin. <laughs> I get my hair cut and you never even say anything. Even but I miss I Megan, don't. though. I got to say, I always thought she was cool. I, I'm, I, yeah. I, like, she definitely has faded off into obscurity. Like, of all these where, characters, she, she's well, the where's, one that, where, Where's Rachel at these days? And I don't know. Yeah, she's in, in the adjectiveless X-Men series yeah. with, with Storm and, uh, Monet. She's grown. So she's kind of like fighting with Storm to be the leader of that group. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she's one of the, she's one of the teachers at the Jean Grey school. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How, how great is this series? I love Joy Boy. He is, that thing is freaky. Every time he's on panel, it just creeps me out. The, the floating, yeah, the baby. big headed, oh, yeah, the yeah. baby thing. Yeah. Oh, and then when he, when he does the mind thing on you and his eyes are get they glaze over, it's like, oh, don't look at me. Stop. Turn away. No, definitely. I, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't profess to know how or why Marvel decides to do like what they do in terms of omni, omniboo, but I am surprised. Like this, this definitely, these first 25 issues would be the perfect amount. And the perfect size for an omnibus, and and it's a perfect ending point to do the first omnibus because, you know, it ends the cross time caper, and and basically it kind of you know comes close to ending the Davis. Uh, it's one issue past, but it ends basically ends. It, it would include basically the entire Davis Claremont run, 
Um, and then they, they go a kilter from there. They go a kilter for a while, like about a year and a half. And then they bring Davis back to right end, uh, draw it. And I think it gets good again, but, uh, Mm-hmm. But but yeah, like I said, it was the, the cool thing is is that you know a lot of comics that we hold dear and from from oh that's from, one of them sure but right but I mean sometimes if you go back and read them they're not as you know you, you may still have a nostalgia for them but they're not but this was as it was as entertaining as it was the first time I read it I mean I I don't think there's any flaws in this book if I had to cite one thing and it's just a byproduct of the time is is the coloring is 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 whack in some places but you know that's that's just technology that is no. That, that's yeah. it was a different process. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. no, I mean, but I mean, Davis is Davis with Neri on inks is as sharp as it is. You know, it's it's gorgeous stuff. It's just fantastic, and uh, you know, the characters were just richly developed, and the 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 opponents were memorable, and there was just a ton of humor in it. It's just really maybe you know, it's one of my favorite comics of all time, and and it's just great to sort of dip back into it and then and re- realize that it's it's just as enjoyable now as it was back then. So Yeah. And the whole thing with Jamie Braddock, I mean this is where it started. They've been dragging oh, yeah. that thing out sure. for, for decades. But um when I was putting together these books, issue one fifty was incredibly difficult to find for a decent price. I don't know why. It was the low print run or it was uh, maybe because by the end that that's the last issue and it's the wedding. Uh, it just, it took forever to find a, a, a reasonably priced issue, but going through the, the whole run, Marvel slowly extracted everything out of Excalibur that made the book unique. They, yeah. there was, there was a period where they just treated it just like any other X book. Oh, for and, sure, yeah. And, and they almost lost me, but I stuck it out. Like, Warren Ellis kind of brought back the mojo to, to Excalibur, and then, um, you know, there was a time where I was like, oh, this is painful. But uh, I think it ended on an okay note. I have to say, it's funny you say that because cause I, I mean, just as much as I love the series in its in its entirety, one of my least favorite things of all time was the Pete Wisdom, Kitty Pride stuff. It really? Drove, it drove me nuts that this old, whack British dude with the corny mustache was tapping <laughs> – uh, Kitty Pride of all people, and she was like thirty years his his his, his junior. At David feels the same it way. It drove me nuts. I hated it. Uh, they tried to make it like she was like Dark Shadow Cat. She was like all like <laughs> tough and covert ops, and I'm like, nah, son, come on, Kitty, Kitty. But that you've like quiet. It. You you got nostalgia for the series? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, I um, but it was it was um, it was. Far enough removed from any of the heaviness of, of the main X corner that, uh, it was just, it, it was so unique and, and it was, it, the, at times when I was reading some of those issues, it felt like as if I was cheating on the other books because it was just so different <laughs> and I, I, I love Alan Davis artwork and, and for it to just be, be its own thing, other side of the world, um, slight connections to the X universe, but, but, you know, not, not crossing over like every other X book would do when, when a crossover happened. It was just, it, it really was its own thing. And, and I, I still, to this day, I still look at it as something that's barely connected to everything else that I was reading from Marvel at the time. I think that was its strong point. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But 
you say an artist's name and instantly it'll it'll conjure an image of the 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 superhero or the character that's the person closely associates with with that artist like you say Ditko some people may think Spider-Man you say Kirby some people may think Fantastic Four you say Nightcrawler I immediately think Alan Davis not not Cockrum or or Paul Smith. Alan Davis yeah. that that's Nightcrawler yeah, for me yeah yeah I'd I'd go with that is he 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 actually he he was, he stood up straight. It's, it's, you know, he wasn't crouched over or, or perched on no, he was a bookshelf. He was, he, 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 he was, he, he, he was like six foot something. He wasn't the, he, he wasn't treated like a pet in, in Alan Davis's right. hands. And it was, it, it right. just was a, it was awesome. Like, and he, yeah, and he, yeah. he basically, I think Alan Davis fleshed him out artistically. I know, I know it's a Dave Cochran creation and I know, I know Cochran had a lot of love for the character and, and things that Cochran really enjoyed. He infused in Nightcrawler the whole swashbuckling aspect, but, um, I think when you think of characters that other creators who didn't create the character kind of ran with and made their own, Davis, in my mind, definitely had, he, that's, that's his stamp on that character. Yeah. Who's your kitty? Who who's who do you associate with kitty? It's Burn. Me too. Burn. Do you really see yeah. now lately yeah. lately with me it's dude, 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 it's his character. Yeah. She's, I, she's I, from Deerfield. No, but see that's the thing. When when I think when I think of a burn kitty pride, she's she's thirteen, she's young. She's got that it's She's not, she's running through the, the mansion away from the alien. That that's why I, how I see kitty. I, yes. No, I, 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 no I, I see I see her a little older than that. Forty eight. Is that one forty eight? Um I, I, I don't know. It might be after 150. I don't know. That's a great issue. Love it. Where's Jason go? Jason, no, I'm here. I just, I'm hearing. No, 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 it's not. Um, to, uh, to win. Uh, how about Storm? Uh, uh, uh Paul Cockrum. Paul Smith, yeah, after the Mohawk. The Mohawk. Mohawk Storm. I have to say Barry Windsor Smith. Mm. See, that's for uh, sure. It's like that's that's his that's his contribution to the X universe. Is that's okay? It's a strong contribution. I, I would definitely say. I mean, much I agree with you, Vince, on Nightcrawler, and also, I mean, for me, Rachel Summers is 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 Alan Davis all the way. Uh, that's mm-hmm. who I think of for me. For sure. Sometimes uh, I, when I think of Rachel Summers, I think of John Romita Jr. Me too. I was just going to say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I said, I think, I think of Superman when I think of John Romita Jr. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, no, it, that, that's a, that's a, that's a junior character. You know, stylistically. Yeah. I mean, me. I love, I love the way Davis drew her because he actually drew her, like, uh, even though she, she's been through shit, she's still an attractive woman, whereas, you know, junior draws her like a mongrel and, 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 and that's just, that, that's, that's the personality. That's what she when, is. When, exactly. When, well, she's a hound, right? Right. So when Claremont, you know, was writing that story and she came, you know, that, that made sense. But, but in, in Davis's hand, just like Nightcrawler, she, um, she matured. But, um, as far as Kitty with me, I, I, yeah, um, right now, I'd say it's imminent. Really? Yeah. What? Stuart imminent. He does a great Kitty. He does. Yeah, he does. No argument, but I, I, yeah, I just, I guess I wouldn't. I, I would argue that that's a, well, she's all grown up. Right. So, so it, it's not that, that, 
that little uh, skinny little girl running away from the alien in the in the mansion. It's, you guys it's, didn't say it's, it's a woman now. Oh, I Lord. like it. No, no, especially for the miniseries. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Hmm. Um. Wow. Oh, yeah. See, I mean, and that's just, and that. It, it's, 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 Emma, it's, what's the alien issue? <laughs> rude. Yeah. No, it's not. The, no, 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 it's oh, the, no, 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 no. It's the Christmas issue. Yeah, the Christmas, yeah. Up, the Christmas issue. Yeah, which um, makes sense. Of, being the son show. of a bitch. Um, one sixty-eight, maybe. Oh, I don't think it's that high. No, no, no. It's the, no, it, it is. No, it's the yeah, it's the it? yeah, it's the, it's your fucking issue, David. Because, it's the, because it's the it's the Professor X is a jerk. No, no, that's possible. Yeah, you're talking about issue 143, I think, where it says "Merry Christmas, X-Men." Yes. Guess what? Just yes. Yes. Yep, yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Okay. Wow. It's that early. Yeah. I thought it was later than that. And because yep. Nesson, did you pull that out of your brain? Did you Google that? Yeah, yeah that's the John Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. One, 160 is when uh, Ileana got uh, all grown up. Well, by six years, but um, yeah. So I, I didn't think it was after 160, but I didn't know it was. Way that early. Wow. Yep. How about Ileana? You know, she's always been a character that I've struggled with. <sighs> lover, lover, Blevins. No, I, Blev- I love the I love the look of her, but I always feel like she's always been she's just always been like caught in this like 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 battle of extremes, you know. Right. She's but either the dark child, or she's like right on the verge of evil and wanting to eat, kill everybody, or like being that's hot. No, it is, but like, I don't, I don't feel like there's ever been much to her. Like, it's like every time we see her or they start bringing her into prominence, and it, it seems like it's just happened actually recently, like a year ago. Every time she's back, what that means is we're about to get a story where they go to limbo, limbo. and fucking have to fight demons and then somehow get her to relinquish her power or some way, you know, become subservient in a way that to, to acquiesce. And that's what happens every single time Ileana's in the story. Like she's never just been the heroine for the sake of it. Like, like that's in, magic in Ileana. Yeah. It's, and, and, and again, I, I think there's, she's a character that's been around for 30 years and I feel like they've definitely not done much with her right. in the grand scheme of things. I, I think they used her pretty well in that, uh, it wasn't an X, uh, book, but, um, you remember that series, uh, right after Civil War, um, that Mystic Arcana series? Oof. Oh, yeah, I remember it. I didn't mind that. I thought that she was pretty good in that. Mm. All right. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about a four issue series out of, I mean, she's been in 300 right. comics. It's not a cornerstone of the character, but she was good right. in it. And okay, she, here's she, one. She didn't uh, have to give up shit. Colossus. What do you mean? Who, who's the artist? Who draws your Colossus? Yeah. Oh, mm. burn. Ooh. I do like Paul Smith's. I like Burns. Paul Smith. Burns is nice. Burns is awesome. I would have to go with Junior on with Colossus. Really? Too. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Sylvester's wasn't too bad. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I think I'd give it to Sylvester myself. No. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Image founder, fuck him. For Chris, it's all about Gateway with Sylvester, you're not at all. Gateway, watch out for the rocks. <laughs> Shit! Ah, uh, this is fun. This is fun, but it, I mean, we could go on for days with X-Men characters and, and their artists, it's but. True. true. Alright, here, how about the Big Daddy? 
Huh? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much no, no. <laughs> I'm guaranteed of at least two answers. Um, how about Wolverine? Oh, uh, Miller. Yep. No. 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 What? Oh, well, there's said two. Uh, maybe now. Okay, no. Rewind. Barry Windsor Smith. Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Logan. No, no, Logan. Barry Windsor Smith. Um, okay. Wolverine. Uh, yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah, Miller. Yeah. Fra- yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I, I'm You're wrong. I want to Hilarious. say. I want to <laughs> say Alan Davis. No, you're wrong. And and I also want to say Paul Smith, especially that where he's hunched over with Rogue behind him. Uh, it's that's that that's good. That uh, is that is good shit. But it's not Frank Miller Wolverine. Not, I'm no. really really surprised. Not one of us. Well, I didn't no, hear from Jason. Not, although Bushima said turn. What? Nobody no, said turn. no, no, no. Because we keep talking about that that goddamn Larry Hammer run. I'm going to say Sylvester. No, no. I mean. Uh, I mean, well, I, no, I mean, I mean, burn, burn would be my, I would say burn would be, would be, but, but I have to, with it, with a, roll out some Buscema. No, 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 burn okay. would definitely be it for me, but I would, I would have to actually give, um, I would have to give an honorable mention to, uh, to Jim Lee, believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah. Not one of us said Art Adams. No, that's sad. that is sad. That's sad. No. Well, I see, hold on a second. I don't Art, Art Adams defines no character outside of a long shot. shot. It's a long exactly. Shot, yeah. yeah. It's it's not because I mean I think Art Adams when he that's not true. You no, know, it is. It is because he in Mojo and Mojo Mojo Mojo. Yeah. Well, but he he hasn't come up with another as, minor. As amazing as Art Adams is, and I just just emailed him this week, so hopefully he writes me back. <laughs> Mojo's not. Um, you know, I mean, we love Art Adams, but he hasn't done enough comic work to be the seminal artist on any of Thank anybody. Right. Yes. Well, Chris, this is one of your sayings. Don't confuse quantity. <laughs> well, that's why we gave him, we gave him Mojo and Longshot. Yeah, he he is. Those two mutants annuals are among the best X, yes. X comics World ever created. Actually, no, they are. But but again, this is fine. This, when when you name the character who comes to your mind, the only two characters when you say them that come, the, the first image that pops into my head is Art Adams, is Mojo and Longshot. Spiral. Warlock. Yeah, Spiral. Yes, oh, yeah. okay. Spiral. Spiral. Right, three. Lock, warlock. Three. Nah, no. That's all right. He's up Dude. there. I mean, he's not tippity top, but he's, he's mid No, no, and, and, and don't, you know, don't indict us on not loving Art Adams because those comics, I'm, you know, very near and dear to me. He didn't define sure. the X characters to me except for Longshot. But he was and a major. And I will tell you, I, as much as I, popular rising. as much as I, um, and sometimes critical of his more recent work. Uh, I loved uh, Ramita on Wolverine. I love Ramita's Wolverine. Thought it was great. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. It was one. Now, Ian Miller. Oh yeah, yeah. I am yeah. not there a fan was... of. Not a fan of Dave Cockrum's Wolverine. Uh... Like the straight up pointy, almost triangular mask. Um, and and if you're and there's two artists that drew Wolverine that I I would like to strike from the record. Um, better not say Trumpy. Dude, are you kidding me? Okay. My dog, just, dude. All right, all right. Dude, what? I'm Come just, on, son. I'm just protecting. By I'm the just, way, it is interesting that yeah, I said Trumpy when the guy fucking created the character, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Joe Mad with the fucking no nose Wolverine. Oh, God. Fuck. 
Absolutely, absolutely inexcusable. <laughs> Fucking absolute trash. Uh, All right, uh, man, I'm, uh, I'm uh, okay. I'm looking at some some pages that uh, uh, and Cassidy, Cassidy's Wolverine is genius. Oh, yeah, that's oh, stupid. Oh, oh, oh. I'm looking at some pages from the the Wolverine I, miniseries that Frank Miller did defines that fucking character. I'm I just sorry. I don't even think I don't even think Frank Miller would be my top ten Wolverine artist. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what, you're wrong. Right. I'm wrong. Man. He's only my favorite character, but I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. You go back to the Wolverine miniseries. I only have 30 pages of Wolverine original art, but no, I'm wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Because <laughs> that miniseries kind of defined that character for a generation. God help me, I agree with Neesman. Thank you. And, it's, and, and, and for the record, it's, it's the, it, it's the brown and tan. Has to wow. be the brown and tan, dude. Has to be the brown and tan. I think it's all especially, about when you especially when burn draws. Okay, David. Blue and, and yellow for David, me. David, Jason, why is it the brown and tan? Oh, is it because Frank Miller drew? Fairmont said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David's voice when he said that. <laughs> 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 Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I'm only fucking with you. The, the, I, I, the, the, the Claremont Miller Wolverine is fucking. To be honest, those were the first expensive back issues I ever owned. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right there. Yeah, that's. I, uh, I, I got those for Christmas. My, I remember my mother. Uh, one of the few things she ever did good for me. Uh, she bought me those oh. shoes for Christmas once. That's bringing into this as, as one of the old. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> as one of the old... Well, I have to thank her for that because I'm glad she did. As one of the old farts that remembers buying those off the fucking stand, that mini series changed mini series. That after that after that came out miniseries at Marvel exploded and you saw you saw every miniseries under the under the fucking sun that's, after that. That's been one of my and another one of my I think a great omnibus would be to have those eighties, those mid eighties four issue Marvel limited series that they pounded out. Yes. Yes. You know? The Nightcrawler one is great. Yeah, Iceman, oh, Nightcrawler, Hercules yeah. like all of them. Machine Man. Beast. Yeah, Wolverine Beast. City Pride. Exactly, just just bang all those out. The Falcon, bang all of them out together. Uh, Falcon one's really yeah, good. Shit's awesome. Happen without the Frank Miller, Chris Claremont. I was only fucking with you, by the way. I just like to fuck with you guys with Frank Miller because you all treat him like he's God. But that that was a great that was a great so fucking limit. Crazy. What was the very first Marvel miniseries? Ooh. Uh, if it's not Contest of Champions, I'm thinking that's the one. Yeah. Um. Well, miniseries or maxi series. No, man, limited series. Limit, limited, limited series. Because the uh, series would be Secret Wars. Limited well, series uh, was a maxi series. Um, well, Hyperion was in the, um. Squadron Supreme. Was that, yeah, that was the big. That, that was Grunwald. That was, that was, um. That was the first maxi series was Squadron Supreme. No, the the first, sure, no, no, I thought yeah, Secret Wars. That was, no, no, Squadron Supreme was the. I thought he meant, I thought he meant Marvel. We talking Marvel oh, or just? Marvel, I'm sorry, I thought you meant in general. In general, Camelot 3000 was the first ever Maxi series. Right. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um Not the yeah. first to finish. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> not the, or effective. <laughs> no, uh, that's Squad, not Squadron Supreme, right? Squadron Supreme was before Secret Wars? No, no, yeah, definitely not. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. uh, no, I guarantee <laughs> it wasn't. Fire up the Google, Jason. <laughs> Squadron Supreme was before Secret Wars. What was the what yeah. was the first Marvel DC crossover? Um, 
Uh, Superman, Spider-Man. Superman, Spider-Man. No. Wait, what? Wizard of Oz. Oh, that, oh. yes, yes, you're right. I are dumb. Uh, wrong, dude. Squadron series was, was, was late 85 and 86. And when was Secret Wars? 82. Damn! Oh, holy shit! I wasn't even gonna say 82. Secret Wars was not in 1982. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because the new universe came out in 85. I bet, I bet 84. It still predated it by two years. 84, sorry. I said that 84 was a great year. 85 was a better year. But May 84 to April 85. Was it really? Wow. Damn. I want to read Secret Wars again. Yeah. Oh, dude, it doesn't don't, hold up. Dude, oh, my God. Oh, well, dude, did you? I, the, I don't Mike Zek art is nice, but everything else is terrible. There, yeah. Speaking, speaking Mike of Mike Zek. Mike Zek would be a Baltimore Comic Con dad. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Speaking of Zek, the other day he posted the cover. To I think it was number ten, the one with, or maybe it was eleven, with 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 Doom, um, kneeling down, looking up. Yes. He he posted the um, the original cover that he did, colored cover, that Terry Austin inked, and you right away look at that cover and you know something is different. The original cover compared to the published one, it looks like someone spilled white out on Doom's armor on Doom's oh, face. Shit. Went really. Have, I'll I'll um I'll. I'll post a picture in, in the thread, but it is the detail in Doom's face blows away the one that we ended up with on the cover. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that cat loves you. Yeah, she does. Wow. She's seeping. <laughs> <That's a jack laughs> Are you guys on like video or something? Or huh? huh? No, I can hear the cat. Oh, okay. Can't you hear the cat? No. no. Loves David. Mm. All right. Should we move on to something um, different? David, what do you got? No, no, no. Someone else go. Oh, boy. Well, I didn't have a whole lot of time to read much, but I did read something. You guys want to hear about it? Of course. From Avatar. Right, we're here. No, it's not from Avatar. Straight bullets killers? No, I didn't get a chance to read It's been that. over a week now. Come on, bro. Sorry. Ron, Ron is uh, so over you. This uh, book has ties to Image. Boy, does it have ties to Image. I talked about the miniseries on which uh, this is the latest. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's a continuation of, of two miniseries that I talked about. The first being Nancy and Hell. The second being Nancy and Hell on Earth. This, however, is not published by Image, although it does feature an Image character. Mm, Strange, right? Galaxy. No. Man thing. It's, it's Nancy in Hell, yeah. colon, a dragon in Hell. And who shows up in Hell to uh, help out? No, Malcolm. Malcolm, the savage dragon. Malcolm in the middle? No, just to say Malcolm. In the middle. Dragon's son, dragon Malcolm. Son? Okay. Oh, because dragon's yeah. real time. You see, because it was it was written by El Torres. So it shall be. And uh, the, who, who wrote the original the miniseries. And it was drawn not by... Uh, Rip. This was drawn by Enrique Lorenzana. And it's awesome. But see, here's the deal. Remember, those who read Savage Dragon will, will remember. Uh, Bonnie Harris. Remember Bonnie Harris? Whose daughter, Debbie. Debbie yes. Whose daughter, Debbie, um, has a, a fight with her boyfriend, Arnold, and, and gets all pissed off. And Debbie, lo- uh, Bonnie locks Debbie out of the house. So Debbie shacks up with the Savage Dragon. Mm-hmm. And bumps uglies with him, mm-hmm. and the boyfriend finds out, 
and uh, push comes to shove, poor Debbie gets killed. Yep. Shot. Gets shot and dies. And dies. Thanks to mom. And dies. So mom is distraught and eventually becomes fiend. She makes a a deal with the devil, uh, uh, becomes fiend, and push comes to shove, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, I think it... Savage Dragon 31 or thereabouts, she gets banished to hell. So um, Bonnie Harris is in hell. And who shows up in this issue of Nancy in hell, being that they're in Bonnie's stomping grounds, but Fiend, Bonnie Harris, is is sort of an arch demon in hell. And um, early on, Malcolm is doing his thing, you know, saving people, helping out. And there's a demon called... Chorabash, who has um, commanded the soul of this goth chick. She she made a deal with the demon in exchange for beauty. She sold her soul, and the demon has come to collect it. Well, Malcolm steps in and breaks up the party, and as the demon goes back to hell, she latches on to Malcolm and drags him down. And that's where our story starts. So Malcolm gets in touch with Nancy, you know, hot Nancy with the Daisy Dukes and the Chainsaw, She's a barbed wire clone, um, but she's she's beautiful and she kicks ass, and she's tooling around with none other than Lucifer, who is a big ass crybaby pussy whipped. Woe is me! I'm Lucifer. I'm the fallen angel. Everything sucks, and she's got to kind of like whip him into shape. But um, so uh, Malcolm encounters Nancy and Lucifer, and when he hears that this is Lucifer, he gets all in his face and and punches him. And Malcolm, being super strong, knocks him for a loop. And our demon Chorabash finds Lucifer and makes a deal. Wants to barter Lucifer, who's a hot commodity in hell. Come on. Right? He's Lucifer. He could be traded for goods and services and stature and power. So he, he makes a deal with Bonnie that I'll give you Lucifer and, uh, you give me some, uh, some of the stuff. I, I want to increase my stature in hell. And, uh, it's awesome. It's a great little issue. If you're familiar with, uh, Juan Rip's art, it's, it's in the same ballpark it's very 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 detri- detailed disgustingly so that 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 clean line very thin line um if you held it about a foot or two away from your face or your eyes you wouldn't be able to tell that it wasn't rip that's how detailed this stuff is it's very very good it's it's um occasionally dirty it's occasionally disgusting it's in my wheelhouse right um but you've seen fiend david right yes He's a big old fat woman right. with gigantic, gigantic titties. That's who I thought and, when, when, um, when the teasers were first released for Butcher Baker, I thought that's who that was. Oh, right, right. Well, they, I, I love it when the, uh, creative team does their best to obfuscate the nasty bits. Like, <laughs> whenever, whenever, um, Fiend is on, on panel and there's some kind of action going on, there's either like brick of black brick floating in the air to obscure her nipples and her, her nasty spots. Or, you know, when she falls, there's like stones covering her nipples. It's nuts. It's funny, actually. Because if, if you're in hell and you're a big old fat naked woman, we should be able to see everything. You know what I mean? Uh, but what, what really surprised me about this issue was there's a kind of clockwork orange moment where they got, yeah, they got Lucifer, 
on a, on a he, he's sort of crucified. He's merely chained up, but they're they're pulling a clockwork orange. They have forks on his eye, so he can't close them. And the demons are showing him all the nastiness that 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 happens uh, in the human world. Like you see, you know, um, there's injustices and death and and uh, you know, man killing man and and corporate America and the you know the nasty things they do. And Lucifer, I mean, he doesn't have enough to whine about. They depress him even farther. Uh, he's pretty ineffectual, but he is uber powerful, being Lucifer. You know. And um, it's it's just a cool little issue that has ties to Savage Dragon. So if 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 you are reading Savage Dragon, um, Angels in here too, at least the last page, the the you're missing a chunk of uh, Malcolm's adventures by not getting it. It's only one issue. So Nancy and Hell though is this is a series you're familiar with from the past or? Yes, it started at Image. It was published. The two series were published at Image. And, uh, El Torres asked Eric Larson, he said, look, El Torres' company's called Amigo. You may remember them, they publish Rogues. You ever see Rogues, that, uh, no, series? I think so. Uh, Westwood Witches? That got a lot of buzz mm, recently. Nope. No? Well, it's, it's a, f- a fledgling company. It's a recent startup. They do, they do good work, mm. but, uh, so this is El Torres' deal, and he asked Larson, he said, hey, you mind if I use Malcolm? Eric's like, sure, go ahead. And so if you're gonna use Malcolm, why not take another character that resides in hell? This thing is set in hell. Makes perfect sense that, that fiend, Bonnie, should show up in this thing. It's just a neat little, little comic. The, they tool around hell. In a uh, Plymouth Fury, a cherry red Plymouth Fury, which is cool, right? Definitely. Uh, it's an it's a kind of horror exploitation film set to paper. It really is. I, I just I ate it up. Sweet. The demon, the demon. Um, what's her name? I, I can never remember it. Uh, Korabash. It's a uh, well from the waist down. She has killer legs, but pig hoofs for feet. Uh, above the waist, she's a nun, but she's got a gigantic pig head. Very unsettling. It turns you right on too, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, it's sacrilegious. It's it's got the whole sex thing in there with the nice legs, and it's got a massive pig head. Money in the bank, dude. It it's really creepy. It's a very the character design is awesome too. There's like a potato headed thing with a beard running around. There's a there's a duckbill platypus kind of demon. There's gigantic lizards and fucking slave girls. It's hell. Nice, right? I really. I really think it should have been a mature readers issue, and they because let's be honest, if you're going to set your book in hell, I better see some disgusting ass shit, mm-hmm. right? I would agree. Right, and Malcolm's a little bit crazy because Nancy throws himself at her, at him, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't pounce on it, which is nuts. If you've seen Nancy, I mean, she's hot, you know. Good issue. I liked it. Very surprising. I ordered it. Uh, it wasn't in the image section. It was in the. Uh, the Amigo section, it was kind of buried in the previews, mm-hmm. but as soon as I saw Malcolm, I was like, dude, ordering to, it. You had to get up on it. I, I buy everything Savage Dragon. Nice. Which which is in has itself been, very good. It seems like the buzz has died down. Has he been uh, not as regular lately with that? or Getting back on schedule, he is. slowly but surely. He lost it there for a while. There was like a couple months where Dragon didn't come out, but now he seems to be... I don't want to say churning them out, but at least he's on a semi-regular schedule. Mm-hmm. Still a hell of a lot of fun. It's a great book. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pure superheroics with that goofy Larson kind of sense of humor. 
respect. If you remember Heavy Flow. It's her antic. You're funny. Well, remember Heavy Flow? <laughs> she, she attacked with her menstrual discharge. That's awesome. That's something. It, it's, that's brilliant. Yeah. She's the one. Now she's all bent I, I over. Brilliant. And just, that's maybe no, brilliant. that's brilliant. Heavy flow. Come on. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not an old joke. By the way, no, sp- it's speaking of heavy metal, Vince, did you see that uh, Sci-Fi is putting out Metal Hurlant? I did. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I'm I'm excited. It could be awesome. I mean, it could suck too, but it could be awesome. It could be awesome. Yes. I. You know what? I don't even think the first heavy metal movie is all that awesome. No, it's not. In hindsight, it. That's one of the very few movies I've seen in the theater that just completely wowed me when I first saw it. And like maybe twenty years later, I revisit it. I'm like, nah. I I enjoy a skit or two. I mean, I enjoy a a story or two from it, but uh, overall. uh, they they totally cut the balls off Corbin's dad. Oh yeah, it's it's just not good. I don't know. But back in the day, I was like, "Woo, this is awesome!" Because animation never, no. well, very very rarely reached Ooh, that Candy. kind of, that kind of level. But eh, in hindsight, not so great. And we won't even talk about fact two. Hmm. That's not just not good at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, take it away. Get it out of my ball. Take it. What? Take my ball. Uh, what you got, Christopher? Um, so you're at 85 comics, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I only have time to share one. Okay. <laughs> oh, how you lie. <sighs> I did not lie. He's got something to talk about for the next 85 weeks. Yep. That's cool. What you got? Um, something really cool came out this week. Um, and you guys might be familiar with the guy, Wally Wood. I've heard of him. Oh, you got Canon. Mm, so pretty. It is. It is very pretty. Do you have it? Did you get it? I didn't get it yet. It's on order. Um, but... You might want to fucking hurry up because apparently it is, um, it's sold out and they ain't going to reprint it. Wow. So. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm only buying the, the collected edition just for the sake of, uh, convenience. Uh, what do you mean? For the sake it. of convenience. I have most of that stuff. Really? Yeah. How so? I bought it. What? Sold, Chris. In... Those are that that, that are you stuff like all collected. Huh? You're like Methuselah. He, he's Agamemnon. I am old. I am. I bought a lot of that shit when it not when it came out. But <laughs> it shit came out in like the forties, dude. Canon? No. No, no. It's not 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 the forties. It was uh, uh uh it came out in like uh white military magazines. I got some of them. Wait, no, I, well, it would have been in the 50s, right? Because it's wood, so it would have been like 50s, 60s, right? Around there, yes, yeah, okay. yes. It's definitely, definitely post, um, it, I think it's around the same time he was doing Wits End, give or take, okay. five years. Okay, okay. 69, so, dogs. 16, okay, yeah. yeah 69. Silly for Sam 40s. Um, I was just thinking that Vince was older than he was. Okay, so yeah, late yeah. 60s, early 70s. Um, that's about right. Um, there's a lot of boobs in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, yeah, this is, um, okay, so I'm gonna, I, I'll, I'll just read the, the description on, on the back, which is kind of, kind of boring, but it does, it does, um, 
certainly describe it. Uh, the Cold War era heats up in an explosion of sex and violence. John Cannon, programmed to be the perfect assassin in working as a covert operative, is an all-American hero who makes James Bond look like a milk toast. Undercover and under the covers... Cannon endures wow. new torture by beautiful women, explosive gunplay, naked cat fights, bone crushing plastic surgery, hit Hitler, nihilistic love making, nuclear bombs, weasel the spy, naked women, death from above, and more naked women. Uh, wow. yeah, um, Cannon is, uh, Cannon is all that and more. It's, um, and on top of that, I mean, the, the stories are ridiculous. It's 19, you know, 1960s, 1970s spy action, Cold War, um, craziness, but it's, uh, above all and anything. It is, it's Wally Wood being Wally Wood and it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm thinking I have different formats for this. Thing. I'm sure you probably do. Yeah. No, um, I, I definitely, there was something called Heroes, Heroes Incorporated or something like that. Then there's, uh, he published the collected edition himself at one point. Um, and then there's, there's many, I don't want to say many, but there, there's been a bunch of, of canon reprints over the years. Um, yeah, that's one of the things with Wally Wood stuff is a lot of people picked it up. Like, I, it, kill me if there's gotta be a Fantagraphics, um, a previous Fantagraphics canon collection before this. I swear to God there is. Yeah, uh, this is, um, well this is Fanta, and it's, it's a pretty comprehensive collection of canon. It's, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what else, I don't know if it's everything canon, but, you know, it's pretty, looks pretty comprehensive. I must admit I missed this in previews and I'm ordering it right now. Um, get it? It's, um, just, uh, our, 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 our friends at, uh, at in stock trades, I believe are out. Um, Fanographics has basically said that there's not a reprint coming. There's a few, um, issues or, uh, uh copies left to Amazon. So, um, get them quickly because it's going to be out and it's Wally Wood and you'll miss and you don't want to do that. It's true. Mm-hmm. Now you're gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna go scare my shit up one of these days and see what I have. Because if I don't have it all, I'm gonna have to order it. <laughs> yeah. But it, Love. no, it's, it's fantastic. You know, Wally Wood, anything, anything Wally Wood is. You gotta. You know, it's Wally Wood. You just gotta. The guy, yeah. the guy was, you know, it's one of the, one of the more, I don't know, uh, morose stories in comics and it's certainly um certainly sad that that things happen like they did but um you know what a what a fucking talent what a what a legacy to leave behind you know you you can be sad about how things ended with the guy but you know what a what a fucking legacy no doubt i i don't think there are many better than than wood. There's I can maybe name all time greats. Yeah, yep. Uh, he certainly had it on Jack in terms of rendering. Oh well, God, when when he and Jack worked together though, and that's one of the one of the very cool things here is that um, 
there are Steve Ditko and Wally Wood stories in the back of this. Do you have the Wally Wood, Will Eisner uh, spirit in space? No. You need to get that. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's amazing. It's How, not. Where's it? Where's it collected at? Oh, jeez, my copy's really old. I, it's on the shelf over here. Um, I think Kitchen Sink published the one that I have. I I, I can't be sure because I can't see it from over here. But um, it's not that. There's not much of it. If it's like a hundred and you know twenty five pages, it's a lot. And uh, you, I don't know if it's currently in print. You're probably going to have to get a, a um, an older copy of it. But it's worth it. It's amazing. And uh, it's it's uh, like I said, Wally Wood, Will Eisner, and it's from the. Uh, oh, it's called in, the uh, the Outer Space Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did that? Kitchen sink. Uh, I just found a acceptably used copy on Amazon for 13 bucks and everything else is well over 50. Dude, get acceptable. What does that mean? Like that I don't I'm care. A, a bit leery. Me too. That means it's beat up. That's okay. I'm good with beat up. Mm. Who put it out? Huh? Who put it out? Hold on, I'm ordering it before someone else snakes me. It's not live, dude. <laughs> 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 I swear it's kitchen sink. I think it is. Hold on. I'm, I'm, continue. Place your order. There we go. Okay. Good. I'm confirmed. Uh, um, let me see here. It, yeah, it looks like kitchen sink. It's a great book. You'll, you'll eat it right up. All right. It's, um, yeah, the outer space spirit by Will Eisner, Wallace Wood. Um, Cover 87 pages. Yeah, Kitchen Sink Press. Nice. Yes, very nice. Cool. Very nice. It's good. It's awesome. Okay. Nice. I love it's it. not yep. cheap either. No, I don't think it really should be because it's a really great book. And uh, like I said, I, I, there hasn't been a printing of that in a while, a reprinting of that in a while. So it's justifiably costly. Oh, it has a noticeable mildew odor. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <Did> you... <laughs> Dude. That's all right. You can fix that. Yeah. You can fix that. Yeah, we got the fire escape. No, you can fix that. It's easy. For reason. Yeah. Mm, for no, reason. <laughs> just, to, just to read it. I mean, even if you just uh, yeah. photocopy the bitch and then put uh-huh. it in a bag, forget about it. Make your own CBC. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, love it. So we need to hear about more comics here. Yeah, we do. We certainly do. That's been quiet. That has been quiet, the dick. The, uh, <laughs> one of the books that, uh, I read from the bundle from last week, uh, was a 370 plus page, um, I I want to say riveting, but it it's not like it was. Um, did you say three hundred and seventy pages? Yeah, he did. Yeah. What the hell it, is that? It is, it's I I loved every page of it. It's called Bikini Cowboy. Oh, okay. 
and it is uh the the um the artist or well the the, the creator um is uh in the credits is um uh fresh and luke all one word but uh one of the reviews of the book uh the creator is actually um a uh l frank weber who is a storyboard artist and that is exactly what the um the art style reminds me of it it reminds me of 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 a comic strip from like the 60s or um the storyboards you see in the behind the scenes docs for for pixar movies um Hmm. and it's set in the uh it's it's set in the late 1800s um, or in the 1800s, but it's, uh, it, it's a woman wearing nothing but a bikini. She's got her surfboard. She's got her cowboy boots and her cowboy hat. Um, and she's on a search for something. Hasn't found it yet. And she meets, uh, a boy, rescues a boy whose name is Rod. And basically you kind of experience, um, the world through Rod's eyes. Uh, so Jill is the, uh, the bikini wearing last whiskey Jill. Uh, and hmm. she, she's part of a group of, of, um, or her, she was raised, um, by Hawaiian witches and, and in which saying, you know, that, that they're witches is, is, um, is, it's a very loose term to use with it. It's not, no, no, no one's, there's no, there's no magic going on, really. Um, I'll say, but it is, Jill and Rod are on the run from this old man who owns Rod because he won him, uh, in a card game and Rod has the ability, um, basic and, and it, there are a lot of, um, there's some things that are punny in, in this, in the book. And one of, um, Rod has the ability, um, to find water and the old man was owning, uh, was going to use him to find oil. So, so basically, um, he's a divining rod and, and, um, the, uh, there's a marshal uh, who is hunting down Jill. He refuses to be referred to as a marshal. He, he's he's he, he's a reverend, and you know, and he he, he um, everything he does is is based on on the good book and and how Jill's a harlot and 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 uh, and you know, she needs to be put down and and there's no no good can come of her continued existence. So, so the marshal is after her, but it is, it's, um, it's clever. It's funny. It looks amazing. See, I'm, I'm really shocked that you say that because this is not something I would think you would groove on because there's, there's no inks. It looks like it's all pencil to me. It it depends on what you're looking at. There are, I'm on Comicsology looking at the, the preview pages. pages. Yeah, the first few pages, it, it's not, um, it's, it's a lot more sketchy. It, it, I like it, it a lot. It, um, there's more, there's more detail as the, um, as the, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh-huh. it, there, there's some Jack Davisy 
style but into there's, it. There's a lot of detail on this. Um, it's just that it's, it's very loose and, and, and yeah. free out. Yeah, and yeah. It's, What's the deal with the, I mean, is it a, a mashup of eras? Because she's got a surfboard. She's got a surfboard because she's, she, she's. To stay out of the sun. Well, right, but it's, but, but she's, she's, um, she's from the West Coast. And, and, and her, her friends, the people who, who raised her from Hawaii. And, uh, so it's. It's cool. There's, um, they're not. It, it's not really a mashup of errors. They, they they take some liberties with some things, but overall, it, yeah. Because I don't think they had surfboards in, in eighteen. Uh, you know, but there are um, there are other things that are kind of true to to the era. Uh, we'll say, but I I just I couldn't. I wanted to finish it. I I just I couldn't stop. Swipe my iPad to, to to read the next page. It just and it's it's consistent throughout. Jill looks um and I, you know it's called Bikini Cowboy, but it's not like you know she doesn't look like Angela or Power Girl. It's it, it, she she looks well, she's like, petite, right? You know it's, it's um uh, she's a member of the Itty Bitty Titty Club. She she's not. Uh, That's all right. That's absolutely. Hot. And I mean and and she's cute. She's adorable. And and the uh, and the other it's consistent throughout. It's not, um, there are no, uh, you know, at, at no point did it look like, you know, Weber phoned anything in while he was doing this. I don't. No, no. You said he was a storyboard artist? Yeah, I do believe he is. Yeah, you can kind of tell yeah. because the, uh, ooh, crotch shot. The, um, the body movements are really exaggerated. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like when somebody throws a punch, there's force behind it. It's just not stock pose punching. Right, you know? right. Uh, sometimes some of the lettering or the sound effects might, might detract yeah. from the art, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you'll see in the reviews that, 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 that the artwork is, is uninked and, and uncolored pencils, but it's, um, Big it's deal. still, yeah, it, it, it still tells the story. You don't get, uh, and that, and everything works well together as I'm reading it and I'm looking at the pictures. Nothing is, is, um, Neither is overpowering the other. Everything just works together. It, it, it's, it's really done well. Um, I think it looks very it, nice. It is, it's, it's fantastic. It is, it's six bucks, um, from Comixology right now. It says volume one, but I don't know if there's going to be a, a sequel. Um, this was, uh, it was released digitally May of last year. Um, and it's broken up in in chapters, so I'm I'm guessing either it was uh, I, I'm guessing this is a collection. I don't know where it was um, or when it was originally released. I know that um, apparently there's a uh, there's a Tumblr for Bikini Cowboy, but that doesn't really have anything on the page. Um, but yeah, they uh, I'm guessing you could read the series for free. Like Remind, and then, uh, and then once the, uh, it was collected, um, you could get it that way, and I'm guessing since it's been collected that, uh, maybe the site, um, served its purpose and, and is now down, but I definitely recommend it. It was, it, it was, it was an absolute surprise. I mean, after, after Jason and I talked about a few of the things that, that we had read from the bundle last week, um, I'm kind of kicking myself this wasn't one of the first things I read. Uh, I just, it, I was even telling Renee, I'm like, I just, I, I can't take my eyes off the pages. It's just, it, it's, and you yeah. kind of, 
I, I actually, you know, cared. I wanted to see what happened with each of the characters and, and nobody, nobody was kind of, um, nobody was just thrown in to, uh, to, just to move things along story-wise or, or, you know, that, 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 that's the way that Jill got out of this predicament. Everything, everything kind of makes sense. And, uh, and there's just, it, it, in a way she's, she's kind of like a, a female Indiana Jones in, in some regard. She, uh, and yeah, and that's, and, and she does have a whip. That, that's her weapon. She doesn't, um, she doesn't have a six shooter like everybody else, um, in the West. It's just, um, and, and seeing her, her and Rod, um, seeing their friendship grow over the course of the few days that they're together. It's just, it's, I really, really liked it. I, I, um, I'd recommend this. I, I need to keep this in mind for, um, when it's time for the awards because I need to, uh, I need to see where it will fit in because I, I don't want to forget this or, or Weber's work and, and I'll, um, See what he's working on next, but I, I definitely think the uh, Bikini Cowboy is just—it's for when you just want to get away from the big two stuff or Stray Bullets or, or Saga, or you just want to um, decompress with something else. You don't have to. There's no heavy lifting. You don't have to worry about you know anybody's history, and, and just you just want to take a break with something. I, I would recommend this. Hell yeah. I think the drawing's great. It really is. Yeah, it looks great. It looks great. Yeah, I wish we could, I wish we had double teamed on this. I, you know, like you said, we picked some. Well, I didn't want to do anything. I, I didn't really go deep in the story. So, I mean, if you guys read it, I'll, I'll be more than happy to revisit it. Respect. This is hard to do. What? Pull, pull, a, pull off a book like this. This is, this is. I have no idea how long it took him to do it. I don't rock, know. It's rock solid drawing. Yeah. And, and he's not hiding behind shadows. Right. Or, or, you know, um, style expressive. It's yeah, it's just, it, the line is, is, he's living and dying by the line on this thing and it's working. Yeah. Great character design too. I'm gonna get this. Mm-hmm. Like it a lot. And she's hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's pretty sweet. Boy, you, you Google Bikini Cowboy, you get a, a host of very interesting. <laughs> oh, you don't have Google Safe Search on? No, safe search get out of here. Uh, no way. I'll never be able work. to go to any of his favorite sites. At true. work I do, not here. Ooh, that one, the cover of part three is excellent. I love that cover. It's an orangish cover and she looks like she's on the ground in a state of distress and you only see her mouth and she's like gasping for air. Yeah, you do. Really, really nice. Really nice. In the mouth. The mouth. Like a trout. But I do agree with you on some of the sound effects. Yeah, it just seemed a little out of place. Yeah, well, it's it's um, computer fonts. Right. I don't I don't I don't dig that. Mm-hmm. But I, that doesn't take away from it. It it does a little take away from the art. But what are you gonna do? What are you, gonna do? you can't. It's easy, and he probably just wanted to get the you know get page X of three hundred and seventy done. So what's it's not gonna hurt any if you put a clomp 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 <sighs> from the. Sweet. All right. What next? What next? Uh, I got something that's not a comic, but it's uh, in celebration of them. 
Oh boy, I think we may be crossing wires here. What do you got? No, I don't think we are. Oh, okay. uh, I had the great privilege of watching a yet to be released documentary this week. Uh, called Stripped. Stripped. Oh, I like that already. Yes. I backed this on Kickstarter, which is why I got to watch it this week because I was a Kickstarter backer, but it will be widely released on iTunes and Google Play and on DVD and, and all that good stuff next week and then in April. Um, uh, but it is, uh, it is a, uh, documentary about, uh, it's basically a love letter to comic strips. And no kidding. Yeah. It, um, it, it's actually made, they've really done a nice job with this. I thought it was a, it was a really well put together Kickstarter campaign, but then, um, th- they've gotten a lot of, of mainstream press in the last few weeks on it because, um, and I hinted at this with my introduction this week, uh, Bill Watterson did, the poster art, he made a poster, uh, for, for the documentary that, uh, you know, it's like the movie poster that's going to be in theaters and it's his first published cartoon in a long time in 18 years. Yeah. I was going to say he's, he's almost as elusive as Ditko. Well, so here's the thing. So when they, when they were, you know, soliciting this through Kickstarter, um, one of the big draws was that they secured uh, an interview with, with Bill. And so, um, so like I said, I, I, I downloaded it this week and watched it and it is phenomenal. It's, it's just under two hours and it does a great job of looking at comic strips from their start to now. And it, you know, while it is very much referential to the, to the medium of comic strips, you know, it's very realistic about the fact that you know, there was a time when comic strips were sort of the, the comic strip artists were, you know, effectively, you know, mo- like celebrities, like rock stars, you know, um, uh, and, and that over time, you know, then, then there was a period where they were wildly popular financially, but maybe not as well known. Uh, and, and then, you know, as the, the death of newspapers has, 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 has come along, it's, it's become a very difficult business to, to, you know, to do. Um, but, in its place has been the advent of web comics and that web comics are really the, you know, the spiritual successor to comic strips. And it's fascinating to hear the old school comic strip artists sort of poo poo web comics juxtaposed against interviews from the really successful web comics creators saying, look, dude, you know, it's about like, you know, innovating or dying. And, um, it, it was just so engaging and, uh, you could just tell that they, they probably collected hundreds of hours of interesting interview stuff from all the people they talked to, you know, and they had to winnow it down into, you know, like 110 minutes or so. And it's, it's just a astoundingly impressive group of people that they talked to. Watterson, the interesting thing about Watterson relative to his being a recluse is that he is interviewed and you do hear him speak to things quite often in the documentary, but you never see him. It's just his voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, whereas everybody else, it's much more in the conventional sense of, you know, you're, you're watching them talk on camera about, you know, things. Um, it, it's a really a who's who, who's who's list of people. Um, uh, I think they did over 70 interviews. Um, but aside from Waterston, you've got Jim Davis, creator of Garfield. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, Kathy Geiswhite, um, creator of Kathy, uh, Mort Walker, uh, Beetle Bailey. All right. Um, you've got, uh, Jeff Keane from Family Circus, um, uh, and, and then in the, the sort of the newer 
transitioning to like webcomic stuff, you've got um, the Penny Arcade guys, you've got Scott Kurtz of PvP, you've got um, uh, you've got Kate Beaton from Hark of Vagrant, uh, Ryan North of Dinosaur Comics, um, you actually Daniel Corsetto's in there, um, uh, Jeff Smith's in there, you know of, of Bone Fame, Carl Kersher, Kaz Buishi, um, trying to think who else. Um, Oh, David Malky from Wondermark is, is in there. Uh, just a ton of people. I mean, again, ranging from, from like the, you know, the very classic strip guys to all the way up to, uh, to stuff like right now. Um, and it, it just is just really well put together. And, and again, if, if I think our generation is square in the center of, you know, we, we loved comic strips and, um, and there's, it's just so well produced and it does a great job of juxtaposing what it takes to be successful in the webcomic game versus the comic strip game because, you know, while they're, it is certainly a spiritual successor, you know, they're, they're different business models, right? Like, I mean, comic strips had to appeal to everybody, you know, the, the, the 90 year old woman reading it and the, the, the six year old kid all had to be entertained by the comic strip pages in a, in a newspaper. Whereas web comics, it's just the opposite. You know, web comics have been able to cultivate an audience based on the specific specificity of their draw. So, you know, whereas we may love Battle Pug or Ants, you know, a lot of people may never read those, but they may love, you know, Hark of Vagrant and, you know, they may love, so, you know what I mean? Like, so, so the, 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 the success of a web comic now is about reach and distribution and finding the people who, who, who you will appeal to, whereas comic strips were about getting, syndicated and reaching a broad swath mm-hmm. and a wide demographic audience. And, um, yeah, man, it was just great. Like to see these old school folks talk about like the heyday and what it was like and, 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 you know, all the way up to, to now. And, uh, it, it was just, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I hope it's a wild success. Like I said, um, you know, I backed this probably going on two years ago through Kickstarter. Oh, cool. Um, and, uh, uh yeah, so, so it's, it is finished I think it premieres, the Hollywood premiere is actually next week, next Wednesday, uh, while we're recording episode 309. Um, and then it goes on iTunes. Um, and I think it goes on sale at Amazon and Google Play all on April 2nd. So again, it's called Stripped. The, uh, you, the website is strippedfilm.com. Uh, and it's, it's just fantastic. I mean, anybody that has even a passing interest in the history of the medium, um, should give this a look because it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's terrific. It, I, I just can't recommend it enough. It, uh, I, I, I'm not, I have to actually double check. I, I think part of my backing of this was access to like the interviews beyond what was put in the final film. And I really hope I'm right there because you can just tell that, you know, there's just a, just a trove of things I would love to have heard, like the full length interviews from some of these people. Um, it's, it's just great. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's even got like, um, like in the more modern stuff, it's even got people like, uh, like the, you remember when the PVP guys did that Kickstarter that there was like mm-hmm. almost a million bucks for and they got like a lot of shit for it. Like they're, they even talk about that and they're, and they're, it's, it's they're how unapologetic, like they're so unapologetic about it, you know, like about like, like the, the business today for like web comics, you don't make money off the comic. 
you know, in the comic strip days, you made money off the syndication. You got paid for the strip sure. being yep. the papers. And now they don't make, you know, none of these guys make money off the comic itself. They use the comic as a way to build their brand. And then they sell merchandise and collected editions and artwork and other things related to the comic. And that's how they make livings. Okay. And, uh, did they get, uh, Gary Trudeau? No, Trudeau's not in it. They, the, the, the series is referenced, you know, lovingly, but, but they don't. See, yeah, see, you were talking about universal appeal. That still boggles my mind how Doonesbury got as popular as it, as it I agree because when you well, like. It was you know, editorial. It was outside, right, but of, I, it was outside of the, of, of the strips. It was in the editorial section. But I think oh, to Vince's I, point though, when you reread, like, I mean, I, I've re I've recently reread all the Calvin and Hobbes to my kids and stuff. And like, if you read that or, or a lot of the other classic comic strips, uh, you know, or, or even things like Peanuts, you know, they're sort of timeless, but they're also very simplistic. And I think mm-hmm. to your point, Vince, like, you reread, like, Trudeau's stuff and it's, it's smart and, and, oh yeah, and poignant yeah. and political and it's not, you know, it's not something that's easily digested, I would think, by the average. No, and I mean, the damn thing even spawned, uh, a television special. There was a, there was a Doonesbury, um, cartoon special. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, I, I thought the strip was great, but this is, it's not a, a strip that would appeal to a wide, you know, swath of people. Yeah. And it was a trip like seeing like pictures of like, uh, like Jim Davis and stuff, like being on like the Tonight Show and like, uh, doing commercials for American wow. Express. Like, I mean, these guys were big time. Like, they were celebrities, man. Great cartoonist, that, that Jim Davis. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, like I said, I, it's, it's definitely worth your attention. You know, I'm assuming you can be able to rent it through iTunes for a couple bucks and, uh, versus buying it if you want to go that route. But, but it's, 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 it's just wonderful. It, uh, you know, and, and again, it's, it's a little weird not seeing Watterson, but hearing him is still cool because it's the first time he's kind of like gone on record in a long, long time. So. Nice. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. So, what, did they, what is he like in shadow or something? No, no, like they, like while he's talking, they're showing like infographics or. Oh, Calvin he didn't Hop- want to be filmed. Yeah, or Calvin and Hobbes strips or. Ah. So, it's like an audio huh. interview for him. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Look at this. Do we, do we, should we put. What do you uh, think we should on? do? I think we should push on. Do more. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, as usual, uh, we've been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. They're the best. They're the cheapest. They're the safest. They're, I mean, all around no-brainer. If you if you buy comic books and you're not getting them from DCBService.com, you're just wasting money. In your travels, this is really cool. I want you to go to this URL. It's MortTodd.com, M-O-R-T. T-O-D-D dot com because they are, well, he and company are launching a Charlton fans, well, yeah, let's call it a fanzine. The first issue is coming out soon. It's called the Charlton Arrow and you're not going to be able to get it through comic shops. You only can get it mail order and listen to who they secured. John Byrne has provided a Doomsday Plus One uh, pinup. You have Sandy Carruthers, Javier Hernandez, Barbara Kalberg, Paul Kupperberg, Batten Lash, Roger McKenzie, Michael Mitchell, Lou Mogan, Rick Stassi, Joe Staten's in here, Stephen Thompson, Mort Todd, and Larry Wilson. Uh, 44 pages, cover price I think is $6.99 with the postage. It'll cost you like nine, nine something to get it. 
Um, they go into the Charlton Horror Art Gallery and the Horror Hosts. There's a really cool, um, preview, uh, not a preview, but a strip called Grok 70,000 AD, which I, I guess they couldn't get the rights to Korg, which was a, uh, series written, at, well, I don't know about written, but drawn by who, David? Who drew Korg? Oh, shit. Pat Boyette. Come on. Really? I got you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's, I have a page of it. a page from, of it for Christmas. Sir Wood got me a page. Um, let's see what else is in this thing. Roger McKenzie does Spookman. Uh, Batten Lash does Miss Bikini Love. Uh, actually, Spookman is Pat Boyette's character, too. Look at that. So if you like Charlton, and you really should, right? They were an awesome company who produced uh, Bargain Basement Comics, and they did some really good stuff. Uh, so go to Mort Todd, M-O-R-T-T-O-D-D dot com and peep this. I'm bet, I would bet that you're gonna love it. Cause I'm gonna get it. You gonna get there it. You go. Not, it's gonna stop me to getting this. Go. Alright. Uh, uh, two things, real quick. Uh, one is to echo Jason from a month or two back. Um, I started reading Avengers Arena. From from Dennis Hopeless, wow! Really enjoying it. Was that someone dropping their mic and what? I'm stunned. Their drink, their heart. No, it was, yeah, it's really good. I'm 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 two issues in, and yeah, it is. Um, um, it, it's Marvel catching fire, and I like it. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you're liking that. Mm-hmm. I suggest you keep an eye out for a new series. Yes. Jason, what's the name of it? Underworld? Avengers Underworld? Is or that undercover. what it's called? I, 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 I think it's Undercover. It's the spinoff from uh from Avengers Arena, and it's also written by Dennis Hopewood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, it's Avengers Undercover. Yeah. Right. I think only one issue came out yes. to date. Yeah. Uh, it came out this week. And so I'm, I'm trying to catch up with the Avengers Arena, and that's good. Jason was right. Hey, now look at that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right. So the other one um, that um, is a photography book, which I know you guys love hearing about photography books, but <laughs> it's something that has completely captured my imagination. And it's about this gal called Vivian Meyer. Have you heard about this? Nope. Vivian Meyer uh, was a prolific street photographer that no one ever knew about. Um, she was, uh, she was born in 1926 and was kind of a, kind of a, a, a very uh, reclusive woman. She was a nanny. Uh, she was born in New York, but moved to Chicago, worked as a nanny, but was unbeknownst to, uh, to, to basically everyone an incredibly prolific photographer took well over a hundred thousand photos, uh, made prints and movies and all of this amazing, amazing stuff that no one ever knew about until she was like, like almost 80 years old. She died like five years ago, but someone had, had bought like literally crates of, of prints and undeveloped film 
from a from an uh, an auction and got into this stuff and it was like holy shit this is amazing amazing work and she has kind of since then been revealed as one of the great street photographers of of our age and there's a documentary going around uh right now about Vivian Meyer and it's I think it's called you know uh, uh, uh finding Vivian Meyer but there is um uh for cuz I know there's a lot of um uh photographers that that listen to the to the show by the book Vivian Meyer street photographer it is absolutely amazing and just read the wikipedia entry on her just a really amazing person and uh uh, fantastic work. I just absolutely amazing. I'm, I am, I'm trapped by this person right now and want to know more about her. And I'm pissed because she lived here in Chicago and like fucking winter killed her. She slipped on an icy patch on a sidewalk and hit her head and died like five years ago. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how, how old was she? She was 83. Oh Jesus! Yeah, so like one of the great unknown artists. I mean, these people exist, and the internet has kind of revealed that there are so many amazing artists out there that people just never, never discover or don't discover in time for them to be recognized. This is a person who was an amazing, amazing photographer that no one ever knew about until they find found like literally trunks of work of hers and now it's like traveling exhibits all over the world and you know it's it the and and I know that people are tuning out because it's not comic book talk but <laughs> this is this is the world that we live in and there are tons of comic book artists out there that that won't be discovered until well after they should have been and this is very fascinating to me this entire you know dynamic of how of how the world has become smaller and so now we're discovering artists that before would probably have just you know faded off into obscurity and yeah it's just it's amazing very fascinating to me so and it's spelled Vivian, V-I-V-I-A-N, Meyer is M-A-I-E-R. Check it out. It is, it is incredibly fascinating. Her work is incredible and is an artist that deserves to be, uh, known and cherished. Her street photography is some of the best work I've ever seen. It is, it is absolutely amazing what she was able to do. And she was the uh, the nanny for uh, Phil Donahue's kids. Huh. Cool. cool. So there, neat stuff. Very cool. Huh. Got that down. Mm-hmm. Good man. Who next? Uh, this is something that um, was given to me by Mister Frankie the Dildinator. Uh, this is a uh, a book put out by uh, NBM. Oh. Under, uh, comics lit imprint and it is called The Initiates. And it is, uh, a comic artist and a wine artisan exchange jobs. Uh, it is by, um, Etienne Davido, who, uh, is the, is the artist. He's, he's the comic artist, uh, doesn't know much about wines or making wines. And, um, Richard Leroy is his friend who 
makes wine um, and doesn't know a whole lot about comics. So uh, these two spend a year uh, learning each other's craft and uh, um, Davido goes to the, the vineyard and, and uh, sketchbook in hand and draws everything that uh, that Richard does on a daily basis um, the different types of uh, grapes different types of soil different uh, you know when you tend uh, to to your trees and and it's just he's taking it all in and and Richard is um, kind of basically learning not not how to read comics but just um, What's so fascinating about him, and and why is this particular story um, every so revered? And 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 uh, there are times where Mobius is mentioned, and and how big of an influence he is on uh, on other people, and and uh, Mao's is mentioned, and the uh, and there's basically a mini review of that comic in here um, from Richard's perspective. Uh, it, and it, it's just, it's not a, um, it's not exciting it, as, as, in regards to the way other of, uh, the books that I, I read would be exciting, but it's still, um, it's still very entertaining. It's still quite interesting seeing these two, um, learn each other's worlds and, and, uh, and they go to a convention and, and Richard is immersed in, uh, in basically fandom and and seeing how they react to um, to creators and 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 he's he's talking to people who are online to get uh, their copies of Black Sad autographed by the writer and artist <laughs> nice. and uh, and um, afterwards they go to a restaurant where uh, wine is served and and Richard's a bit of a snob and and he. Uh, yeah, he he just doesn't want to drink anything he doesn't like, and he knows about soils and 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 organic wine and things that are certified and and why people do certain things with their wines. And um, if he doesn't like it, he doesn't swallow. <laughs> he just he won't even he won't even put it in a glass. He just he won't. It's it is a really it's it's neat. I mean, I didn't. I don't think you're going to read this and 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 all of a sudden know what it takes to be an artist or, and there's no tools of the trade in this story. You're just, you are just seeing what happened over the course of a year when, when, um, between, uh, Etienne showing up and, and learning what Richard does every day and, and, uh, and he draws that and he puts that on the page and then, and it's not like uh, Richard picks up a pencil and, and tries to draw comics. He just he he's just going to learn about the different paper and going to the publisher and 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 you know watching his friend go over proofs to see what is actually going to make it to the printer. And you just you learn they learn what each other's work really entails. And, and you're kind of along for the ride. You don't learn everything, but you get an idea as to what it takes for, for someone to have their comic book published or have their wine bottled. And, and I mean, and, and the little things are, are explained how, um, 
Richard's vineyard isn't is it, it, he's not Gallo he's not uh, he, he, he's not Beringer so he he has basically this this bottling company on wheels come to his his land and they bottle everything there and 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 however long it takes and and they bottle everything and then you know everything's packaged that put together and 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 the labels are made and and then he sells you see that uh at the beginning of the season uh, before the wine is 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 produced he takes his orders and and you know he may have to tell somebody listen it, it, it was it was a drought it was a rough year i can't i can't sell you all the cases i promised you and and you know so so you just it's not it it it, it was neat getting some insight or 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 just some behind the scenes information as far as you know what what this because i may know how a comic book is made but that doesn't mean i know what this guy has to go through to get his wine in a bottle and 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 in a store or on your table so um i i thought it was it was a really it was a unique read and and i i really think that uh it's definitely not gonna be for everybody but i thought that it was uh i i i appreciate that uh that Frankie thought of me to check it out. I mean, it, it, it is two things I do enjoy. So I, I thought it was a, uh, I, I'm glad I spent the time and, and read it. And it's something that I would recommend to other people just to, cause also things I guess are a little different in, in Europe as far as, uh, wines and comic booking. But, uh, I would definitely check out the initiates. It's, uh, it is available. Um, and, uh, and it is also, um, it's available for, from Amazon or, or, or physical copies, and it is actually uh, on Comixology site as well, so you can get it digitally. And there, there's a preview on um, Comixology if you want to check it out. I like the art style; it's different than Bikini Cowboy, um, but it's not. Uh, it's it's not. Um, it there is detail. There, there's there's uh, there's work involved because it's 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 a big, it's a thick hardcover. Um, but you know he takes the time and he draws you know the the threshers when it's time to to, to till the the land and and he he draws pretty much every single goddamn tree that these grapes are growing on so he doesn't there's no uh there really aren't any shortcuts involved in making this so wait 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 Frankie gave you paper Frankie gave me paper hush oh my goodness uh, actually Frank uh, no um. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. It, it's been a, it, it's probably been over a month since he gave it to me. So I don't know if you mentioned it to her or if I just kind of Jeez. swung by his office. Watching how she must have thought you had Kevlar on. Probably, He's, probably. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she tried punching me. I was like, I don't phase me. <laughs> Kevlar down over there. Uh, he uh, <laughs> actually, Frank, Frankie's uh, Frankie's a hero this week because he hooked. Um, he, he looked out for uh, for the minion's girlfriend, and and as far as graduation <laughs> goes, so. Um, Nice. Yeah, no. Eighteen? No, the minion's like he's fucking. I don't even. He was born in, in in. He was born when I graduated high school, dude. He's, he's like eighty nine. His girlfriend's probably a year or two younger than. Then. No, maybe not. No, she's still from 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 college, but um, at least for her associates. Okay. I think minions can have girlfriends, can they? Oh, well, this this one can. Don't you well, gotta yeah, fill out a lot of forms for that? I think they were like no, right. no, because remember in in the movie he was uh, smitten with uh, with, with Gru's woman. Tell the minion I'm not going to adopt him now. Uh-oh. See, I, I won't tell him that. He breaks fucking heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
Last but not least, Jason, what you got? So I feel like we give like Brew Baker and Phillips like they're due in the aggregate, but I slept on something. <gasps> I fucking slept on Fatal, dude. On it? I mean like under your bed. You slept on like it. <laughs> like I I didn't have much interest in picking up Fatal because yeah, I was like okay. well you know it's like uh, it's, I I know what I'm getting with Brubaker and Phillips and you know I'm not you gotta I was like oh, I'll wait till I'm in the mood but I had ordered the deluxe edition which which reprints the first ten issues of this book and I had no idea what this goddamn book was about it's horror right yeah I mistakenly yeah. thought it was just another crime book with basically another, a female another cri- another criminal book. But it's not. Uh, I mean, there is some crime elements to it, certainly. But but uh, but it's a story about basically a, an immortal chick named Joe Josephine, who's like almost like a um, uh, like a heart, not a harpy, a siren. Um, you know, she she's irresistible to men, and it chronicles different. Like, what's great about it is that we get to see Phillips draw different uh, eras from like the '40s to the '70s, and there's a snuff film, Vince, and. There's Lovecrafty mm-hmm. and, uh, demons and beasts. Yes, I it's, heard uh, that. It's it's awesome, dude. It's it's I it's it's way better than I I expected it to be. To be honest, quite, quite honest. So, uh, uh, yeah, they do it again. I don't know what else to say. I mean, those guys have a, cr- a, a crazy good track record, and and uh, and for some reason, this I viewed this as sort of a separate thing, and and uh, it's 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 great. I li- really enjoyed it. So. Uh, yeah, they're a hell of a team. They are, man. Yeah, they got yeah. they got their mojo working. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Oh, hey, um, quick shout out. Um, happy birthday to uh, Bob Retall. Hi, Bob. Is this is true. It's his birthday today. Wow. Happy birthday, Bob. Birthday, Bob. Palindrome. Yeah, and thank you for all the uh, the birthday wishes last week, people. I'm a, I'm a curmudgeonly old bastard. Um, and I get cranky sometimes, but, um, uh, it was, you're not even close to, why do you keep saying it was, it was that? Very, it was very, it was very nice. It made, it was very, I was very humbled last week. So thank you. There you go. Chris was humbled. I was humbled. Nice. All right. I think we're done here. Yes. Uh, as usual, uh, tune in next week. Same place you got this week and we'll be back waiting for you. Because we love you so much. Where it's I didn't even get to talk about my eighty-one other comics. Next week, it's going to be the all Chris all the time. Next week, nice. so Chris TV. Get ready. Ah, love awesome. it. Bye. Next Say good night, David. Good night, David. Good night, David. I like you know. I finally remember. Oh. I was watching um, True Detective. Nice. Oh, so good. Which was fantastic. So anyway, good. and I couldn't place where I've seen the first girlfriend before, who was disgustingly hot. Marty's first girlfriend mm-hmm. that we, that we see anyway. She was the lead in the Texas Chainsaw. Yes. From from yes, and I'm like, dude, she is stunning. She's so gorgeous. But uh, so that's where she's from, and she seems to have um. Well, let's just say her cup size seems to uh-huh. have increased since uh, Texas Chainsaw a little bit. But uh, dude, I so love when he breaks into her room and he's like, "Did he's like he's like to the guys like, do did not she blow spoil you? the show? Did do she not blow, blow you? Do not." <laughs> and the guy's like, "A little bit." <laughs> I don't think there's really all that much to spoil. Well, I'm I'm only I'm, two episodes in. Are you kidding me? What you said the thing about the flowers last week? No, that wasn't me. I, I did. I did. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. I can see how you confuse us, though. Two right. episodes. We're both oh. we're both fucking good looking men. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Um, I I would throw Marty off a bridge and walk into the sunset with Rust any day. Of course. Well, oh, sure. Of course. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. Rust is obviously the protagonist of that. Marty's, Marty's got problems. Well, yeah, he he's an asshole. Yeah, pretty much. Rust, he's got- Rust is a he's a tortured soul, but it's obviously the the good guy in the series. Mm, I don't know if he's a good guy. I think they're all. I mean, I don't know that there's a good guy in the series. Just keep watching. Keep watching, Christopher. You'll love it. Uh, I like Rust. Me too. You're only two episodes favorite. in. We'll see if you think he's a good guy at the end. Really? Okay. Okay. Well, I, mean, him. I mean, good guy in the sense of again, I don't, I don't think there's any true hero. Well, the, he's the protagonist. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I got yeah. some catching up to do. Yeah, you do. All right, I'm good with that. All right, everybody, get out of here and go read some comics. Some we'll see you next flowers with me. Bye. Because we love you.